We're back. We're back. We're back. I'm very excited. Woo! <laughs> Episode 67 is here. This, all the way from uh, Soko Show Studios West, is the co-host Cody Michael. And from the original Soko Show Studios in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I'm joined by the so-host Seth Ott. Hello! Can't beat the original. <laughs> no, you cannot beat the original. I will grant you that. Um, here, I am in a very weirdly empty apartment right now, so it's like... <laughs> You may be able to hear a little echoing. Hopefully the editor can get rid of that. But I, my apartment looks like, uh, have you ever seen American Psycho? No. Okay. Well, look up uh, look up that movie. First of all, it's a great movie. Watch it. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Is that with Christian Bale? It. Yes, it is with Christian Bale, and he's fucking amazing nice. in it. He plays Patrick Bateman, and his apartment looks a lot like mine, which is to say <laughs> that it's furnished, but has no decorations at all. So it looks very <laughs> creepy. That actually sounds like all of my apartments I've ever been. Well, I guess that should probably be a red flag for any anybody moving back <laughs> to your place. Um, so we uh, we had a big change this week. I fucking live in Oregon now, <laughs> so I I came out uh, over this last week and got you know my shit. How did your parents feel about that? Furniture. Uh, my parents are pretty chill, actually. Um, I had my I, I had what I thought out? was going to be. Oh, how far I came out? Yeah, Dad didn't like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> Mom was very supportive though. <laughs> of course they were i thought i was gonna have a big crying emotional goodbye with my parents but they were actually just like yeah we'll see you <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool i had the the sweet thing about driving um from from iowa to oregon is that in south dakota and wyoming and idaho and oregon they do not give a fuck how fast you drive so i was <laughs> doing like 85 miles an hour for like two days straight i was cruising <laughs> Now when I'm driving here and I have to go like 60, it drives me crazy. I feel like we're going slow. <laughs> well, Oregon's full of old people, so you got to drive slow. I guess that's the case. I don't know what the deal is. But the other weird thing, <laughs> I was just talking to someone today. It's the weird little things that are like different. So like um, there is no sales tax here, which is awesome. Oh, because what? Because I bought, yeah, it's fucking sweet. I bought, I bought enough. <laughs> I bought enough. I spent enough on furniture um, the other day that it saved me like $150 because there's not tax. It was a huge hell? difference. So you, when yeah, you go get a, sweet. when you go get a fucking McDouble for 99 cents, it's literally 99 cents, huh? It is literally 99 cents. And what I'm saving that baby. God damn it. I got to move to Oregon um, now. The other cool thing. Yeah, you should, probably should. Um, and then the other thing, I almost got arrested today because I tried to pump my own gas. <laughs> You're not supposed <laughs> to do that here. Yeah, I heard and so about that. This I was pumping my gas, and this guy comes out, and he was like, "Hey, man, you can't do that." And I was like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> and apparently, yeah, statewide, you can't. There's like fines; you can get fined like twenty five hundred dollars. So I'm really? not doing that shit anymore. Huh? That would be the best way for you to get. That's probably the only way you're going to get arrested because <laughs> you're never going to get into a fight. <laughs> so I hope so. That would be really embarrassing. That'd probably be more embarrassing. I'd rather get arrested for a fight than I was pumping gas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oregon's pretty sweet so far, but it's only been a few days, so it might turn into a fart box. I don't know. <laughs> well, you fart are box, there. Fart box, by so. the way, is what I named my new apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's. I like it better than the Coplex. Yeah, I'm really annoyed actually that it um, that I, I couldn't really put Co into my place. I could have put the like Co Dome or like the Coliseum, but I don't know. It all, none of it seems right. So I, I still have to think of a name here. Well, I'll let you keep racking your brain for that one. I'm not going to help out. <laughs> well, I, I am on my own. This is a thing I have to do for myself <laughs> yeah. now that I'm a man. 
and and <laughs> you don't have anyone there to judge your ter- terrible puns for you. So you're just going to be left to your own devices. Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to be awful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we have a loaded show because we took two weeks off uh, or a one week off. It's been two weeks so, since we did a show. It's uh, like a so baked we have potato. a bunch of news. Exactly. Loaded like a baked potato. There's bacon and sour cream and cheese all over this bitch. And uh, we're going to be doing a ton of TV and movie news. We have uh, Mambo number five, one word summaries. Um, But as usual, we're going to start our show with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So as everyone knows, it was daylight savings time. Well, I don't know if everyone knows because I know like I think California is voting this week uh, to uh, get rid of daylight savings time like a bunch of i think a bunch of places oh, are but as most people know it was daylight savings time this weekend and uh of course the iron sheik had a uh, had a little bit to say about it Dubrovnik's turn the clock back the legend breaks the clock back make it humble that doesn't make any sense breaks the clock back i think he meant to say breaks the clocks back and make think, it humble right put the yeah. clock in the camel clutch i think so yeah that's it sheiky baby not fucking around with daylight savings time i guess does he live in california i bet he voted yes yeah, he probably did. I don't know where Sheik lives. I, I mean, I feel like the probably the, uh, probably the uh, culturally insensitive uh, a place to say he lives is like Iran. <laughs> but I don't know. He's from there though, so they, I don't think that's that insensitive. Okay. I mean, I Maybe guess I, I, I. Well, there there is another uh, another Sheik tweet for anyone who uh, didn't think the last one was good enough. Uh, oh, give it to us. Holy fuck, I am the legend of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he just did a big rail of coke and just like looked up and was like, yeah, Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time is cyclical, not linear. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the Sheik is uh, all jacked up on his own on his own stank, but he doesn't believe in daylight savings this week in the sheet tweets. I call you a punk. Don't forget folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of audible plus your first book for free. So make sure, uh, make sure you're hitting the, hitting that link and and checking out the selection, millions and millions of books to choose from. So uh, a lot of good stuff. I did, I got a couple for my trip, um, that were pretty good that I started. Um, one was, uh, the beautiful struggle by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which is, um, I've talked about Coates before. He's a brilliant black writer and just writes a lot about the black experience. So that, that was kind of interesting. And then the other one I got was Cosmos. Um, which you've probably heard of the Carl Sagan uh, show and the Neil deGrasse Tyson show. Um, But this is the book that went along with the original show way back in, I don't know, like the 80s or some shit. Um, So Cosmos is really good, especially if you're driving like long distances through mountains with beautiful scenery. It's a very uh, picturesque book, um, which is a weird thing to say about an audio book, but that's a good one. I highly recommend both of those. (laughs) I feel like I'd be falling asleep for Cosmos while I'm driving. Maybe it, I mean, it kept me riveted because, you know, learning about how a black hole turns you into spaghetti before it kills you is pretty uh, exciting shit, at least for me. Is that where spaghetti come f- comes from? Yeah. You didn't know that? Oh man. I've been eating space hole people for all this time. It's better than eating people's space holes. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, candidate number two for our title this week, um, <laughs> <laughs> we got to skip forward and talk a little video games. Video games. Whoa! 
There is one uh, major piece of video game news, and holy fucking balls. Um, Red Dead Redemption came out while we were on break, and apparently everyone on the planet bought two copies because they sold, and Seth, tell me if you saw the same number as I did, $750 million worth of Red Dead Redemption 2 got sold. I did not see that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, it was the biggest opening for anything ever. What? Like nothing. Yeah, like nothing has ever, at least in media, nothing has ever sold that much in its opening. Any, you know, in its any, in its opening like weekend or whatever. Hmm. So if and I'm I guess, just do, and I guess it's pretty cool. I've been doing just simple math here. Um. So you said seven hundred forty million dollars. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. Oh God! Now I got to redo the math. All right. So if you if you say each copy is sixty bucks. Um, they sold 12.5 million copies. Yeah. Okay. So I just pulled this up. Um, at 725 million is actually uh, how much it, how much it made, but that's more like, that's more than the Avengers made in its opening weekend. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, uh, that's right around 12 million, a little over 12 million copies, which, yeah, I mean, it's more than the one Avengers made, but it also costs, uh, six times as much to get into to to get that game. So, yeah, that's fair. But even so, like there are there are entire like I, there's probably all of certain series never made that much money. Like that oh, is yeah. a stupid amount of money, and uh, that's a weird record to have. Like in the history, that's how this uh, this article I'm reading says in the history of entertainment, it has the biggest opening weekend. That's fucking. <laughs> I don't know how. And I guess I know people like that game. I didn't realize that many people like that game. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely one of the one of the biggest games, probably in his, like series in history. I, mean, I, I don't quite understand why people love them all so much, but I mean, uh, I, there there has been some funny videos of the Red Dead stuff, like people just fucking around in the in the open world and getting like animals to do funny shit and all that. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've never been a big Western guy. Yeah, I'm not. It's not one that's up my alley either. Um, which really sucks because now the top three games of the year. Spider-Man, God of War, and Red Dead are all games that I, like, don't get to play. <laughs> so I, it's like, I don't I guess there's nothing coming out for me. Thanks a lot, Xbox. <laughs> you made the wrong choice. Yeah, I guess. I got Tomb Raider, though. Yippee. <laughs> well, uh, all sorts of money getting made by the the folks over at Rockstar, so good for them. Get that dough. Um, I, think the, I think it broke the record that was previously held by um, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. So, those guys are... Uh, only outdoing themselves, so that's that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, so lots lots of money over there for Rockstar. Let us know. Uh, hit us on the tweets at Soko Show Pod if um, uh, if you got Red Dead and if you like it and if you think we need to play it. Um, neither of us picked it up, but um, you know maybe if you recommend it to us, we will continue to not buy it. Um, so <laughs> hit us up on the that's tweets true. and let us know if you think we should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move forward into our one word summaries. One word summaries our newest segment here on the SoCo show. Seth has the uh, one word summaries of three different wacky news stories. So one word to describe each of them. And uh, I'm going to choose based on that one word, which story we discuss, but here's the catch. Um, All three of those stories are going to be available via link in the description box. Um, So make sure that you hit the description box for the podcast, wherever it is you may be watching or listening 
probably you're listening. Um, and uh, <laughs> you'll see a list there of all the topics we're covering today and links to um, not only the one word summaries, but some of the stories and of course the links to our sponsors. So check out the description box um, for all of our, all of our stories and whatnots. Uh, so Seth, what do we got this week for one word summaries? Your words are cargo, ghost, and zombie. <laughs> well, you know I gotta have zombie. <laughs> You're automatically picking zombie, huh? Yep, that's my favorite song by the Cranberries. It's true. I should have. I should have picked a different word. All right, but I, I do like <laughs> well, that only story, if you didn't so. want me to pick that one. All right, so cargo is baggage handler inadvertently falls asleep in cargo hold of plane and flies to Chicago. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't die. There's, like, no air down there. That's yeah. crazy. That'd be pretty awesome. I don't know if I'd want to wake up in Chicago. That's not on my top list of cities in which to wake up. <laughs> so, uh, full disclosure, this is the story I wanted you to pick. A uh, woman who claims to have sex with 20 ghosts now engaged to one. I have heard this story. Um, it's super interesting. <laughs> I've, everyone should everyone should hit that link in the box because um, it's actually super fucking interesting the way that she justifies all that. Um, so yeah, go read that story. And I, that, I do wish that we had picked that one too, but we have zombie. <laughs> we do have zombie. This is a good one too. And <laughs> uh, you'll it, there's really no other story than the title because it all makes sense once you hear the title of the, the story. <laughs> Alabama woman is frightened after zombie teeth get stuck in her mouth. <laughs> and there's even a picture of this woman. It's amazing. Oh my god. Oh, they probably got she said she's from Alabama, right? Yeah. So her teeth probably got stuck in there cuz she doesn't have all of hers. <laughs> there's going to be an update to the story and it's going to be women realizes that's her real teeth. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it, she she is frightened or she was frightened? Like, is she still, does she is. still have those fucking teeth in her mouth? It says is, but I don't know if she still has them or not. I hope they're uh, still in there so that the update of the story says woman is relieved now that teeth are out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the tagline to the, the title is, they wouldn't budge, she lamented. I even took a pair of wire clippers and cut the tips off those. Oh, God. Just in case you ever um, feel dumb, America, stories like this will keep you feeling smart. So, so this woman, uh, she couldn't eat or drink because of the teeth that were stuck in her mouth. Um, she tried drinking hot coffee, hoping the heat would loosen the glue. <laughs> and then the article says, spoiler alert, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then she goes, I drooled hot coffee, I guess you could say. <laughs> so gross. That is horrifying. Oh my god. What an idiot too. That's only gonna like melt the shit to your teeth. <laughs> I know. They she said they wouldn't budge. I'm panicking. Of course I had a few panic attacks by this point. I tried to sleep. Wasn't no sleeping. <laughs> you know she didn't pronounce you know it was what no sleeping. <laughs> the picture is amazing. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for you to send me this link. I gotta see this ASAP. <laughs> But they, they are out of her mouth now. I just actually read this. Um, oh, thank goodness. So the gums can apparently sometimes adhere to the teeth, to fake teeth. So, <laughs> oh my God, the final line of the story, and this is it. I will never do it again, she told the station. I will never put anything like that again in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Booyah. Um, wow. I don't even, I don't even want to think of a, a way to, to round off that story. Cause that, that's the best way that we could have ended it. <laughs> We have gone through week eight and week nine in the NFL, and a lot of interesting things are going on, so let's talk sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. There's God, there's a whole number of places we could go. Uh, the trade deadline happened. A um, couple of the marquee moves. Um, Dallas acquired Amari Cooper from Oakland, who is apparently tanking. Um, Dallas is still <laughs> awful. They, they got whooped up on uh, by the Titans on Monday Night Football this past week. Um, the Rams acquired, um, Dante Fowler from, uh, Jacksonville. And, uh, so adding to that pass rush, we'll come back to the Rams in just a second. Um, Eli Apple moved from, uh, the Giants to the Saints. So they're trying to bolster their back end. Um, gross. Um, what, uh, <laughs> what other, uh, what other moves Jesus. am I missing here? Haha, Clinton Dix to the, uh, Redskins. And, uh, That's right. That was that was a big one. Well, uh, he did get run over by Julio Jones on his way to to his first touchdown of the season this week. So, <laughs> you know what I say to that? Ha ha! <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'm on a roll good today. God. Um, <laughs> we were we were even talking um, when this trade happened because this I think this happened before you left. That ha uh, ha Clinton Dix has like one of my favorite highlight 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 reels of getting run over like so many players have done that to him there's one where he just gets basically like tapped aside and rolls like 30 feet backwards like he has no tackling uh, that ability. poor little man no he's, he's great in coverage but once it's caught he's done for um the uh, other, other cool one that, by uh green bay the green bay basically gave away ty montgomery after yeah. he fucked up and had a fumble that cost him the game <laughs> Yeah, that was the other one I was gonna say. That he didn't he go to to Baltimore. Uh, I actually have no idea where he went. I just know I that he, he's not on the Packers. Yeah, I think I think Ty Montgomery went to Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Well, get ready to never hear about him again. Yeah, exactly. Um, the NFL uh, playoff structure has gotten kind of interesting. Um, this past week, we had a big matchup, couple big matchups. Uh, we had the Rams and the Saints. Um, in a slobber knocker, really one that really, um, I think lived up to the billing 80 points scored between the two teams. Uh, the saints did win 35 to 45. So the Rams, uh, are the last team to lose a game this year. So, um, right now saints and Rams are tied at eight and one on top of the NFC, but the saints will have that tiebreaker. So this was a huge game, um, for those two teams and really for the entire NFC Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this, Seth. Um, I, I, I know from my end, it's hard to kind of, um, kind of do this cause I'm a little biased, but w- what you saw in that Rams and saints game, are you, um, how do you feel about those two teams now? Uh, and, and how is that different from how you felt before that game? I'm definitely, I, I was kind of down on the saints, uh, after week one, seeing how they got smoked by the bucks and <laughs> And and even even the few weeks after that, they were winning, but they were like they barely beat the Browns that one week. Um, they were playing really close to a lot of teams, and then they've started like over the last few weeks to really put it on teams. And uh, you know, starting with the Vikings last week, and then going into the in, into the Rams game. But uh, 
No, they they're looking really good. Their defense is coming on strong again, like it did last year towards uh, towards the end of the season, and their offense is firing on all cylinders uh, once again with with Kamara and and then Michael Thomas is looking like a freak. Um, yeah, the, I think the Saints are some you know a lot a lot of sites have them as the the number one team right now because they beat the Rams, and uh, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to to argue against it. I think the the number one thing with them is going to be. Uh, home field if they if they have home field advantage through the playoffs i think they are going to be the number one team but we'll see kind of how the rest of the the season shakes out for them because if they're not at home they they definitely have a better shot of of not winning yeah i like that saints team um they were really tough against the run i think that that's a strength of theirs that if you're going to beat them you're going to have to do it through the air in a shootout high scoring game Mm -hmm. um so I, i think that was and that was they, they are kind of Rams kryptonite because they run the ball well with Kamara and they defend the run well um, and force you to go to the air. And and it, honestly, this game was, I don't think the Rams ever punted. I think they punted one time and had one interception. Mm-hmm. And it was it, everyone was just scoring on every possession. It was the exact kind of game that the NFL wants us to have. Um, yep. And it was a blast of a game to watch. So um, I really like the Saints. I think they're winning in a variety of ways. I I would say if I were if I were ranking the NFL, they would be my number one right now, uh, which sucks to say. I think for the Rams, I think a lot of people are getting carried away with their pulling off of the Rams. I still think they're one of the top three or so teams in football, but um, they do have some weaknesses. And I think um, their their pass defense right now is a weakness. I do think that it'll get better. Um, that offense is still among the best, but uh, I think defensively they have some things that they need to figure out. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of a lot of people are jumping off of that bandwagon and they're throwing Molotov cocktails back at it, and I don't think that's <laughs> fucking necessary at all. I still think they're you know they're still looking like the two seed probably in the NFC. So um, yeah, we'll see going forward. But they definitely and they've got time, um, but they need to they need to figure some stuff out on D for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I personally still think the Rams are overall the best team in, in not only the NFC, but the NFL in general. I still think they're they're the favorites to win it all. I, I, I still think because I think they're the biggest thing they're lacking right now is a pass rush. And I think with a little bit more time with Dante Fowler uh, mixing in there, and I think just a little more time with especially too with like you mentioned, the pass defense has been kind of lacking once they get you know keep to lead back and, and get a little pressure off Marcus Peters I think it's going to allow for more time for the pass rush to get there so uh, I think they're they'll be fine I think they're going to be a, a, a you know I think they'll be the number one seed still yeah here's hoping uh they go into a tough matchup this this coming weekend um against Seattle uh, Seattle who by the way now is apparently legit uh, I think the last time we talked about him we put him in the in the in the shit box but now they are uh, I think they're back to Back to five and three, maybe or four well, and four. They just lost this week to the Chargers. That's right, they did that, and that was a damn good game. Which actually, mm-hmm. I want to jump off of the Seahawks. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. They're a legit team, but I don't think they're a playoff team. No. Um, the Chargers, though, the Chargers are streaking. They're now six and two. Um, mm-hmm. They would be the number one wild card team in the AFC because they're a game behind the Chiefs, but they do get to play the Chiefs again. And hmm. I really like this Chargers team. Uh, they're flying so low underneath the radar. No one sees them coming. Um, but they've won a lot of games, and Phillip Rivers is playing super well. Their defense is incredible right now, and they don't even have Joey Bosa. So if they get him back in time for the playoffs, look for them to maybe make a run. Don't forget they were one of my Super Bowl picks um, to <laughs> lose to the Rams. So we'll see. I'm very much looking forward to when they play the Chiefs again. That's the game 
um, that I can't wait for. I don't even know when it is. It's still a while out, but um, I'll give me some Chargers, man. They've been playing well. Yeah, they're they're looking good. I I mean they other than the Chiefs and the Rams, so they haven't played a lot of tough competition. So they're they're still a wait and see for me. I think they'll I think they'll definitely get in the playoffs as a wild card spot, but to see what kind of damage they do, I'm I'm not certain on that yet. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Give them they need to play some maybe tougher competition before we anoint them anything too crazy. But the way the AFC is shaking out, it looks like they're pretty handily going to make that um, a, that wild card spot. So it looks like there's a playoff berth in order for them, um, in part because um, you have uh, teams that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Your Dolphins, Ravens um, have fallen off completely. They don't seem like threats at all. Uh, the Bengals are still hanging in there. I think they're at five and three uh, after their bye week now. So. Um, but Pittsburgh seems to have figured it out and, uh, Le'Veon Bell still not back and it doesn't look like he might even come back. And if he does, it doesn't look like he is automatically the starter in part because James Connor through 10 games has, is having the best season any Pittsburgh running back has ever had, including Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) He has over a thousand yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns so far, something Bell has never done in 10 games. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is interesting. I, let me ask you this, Seth, if you have Bell coming in. Um, do you keep with the hot hand in Connor or do you try to just, you know, put Bell back in as the starter? How, how would you handle it if you're the, the coach? Yeah, I do think he will show up because uh, if he doesn't show up at all, uh, by, or actually show up by, I think by Thursday, this year doesn't count for eligibility. So he kind of Yeah, I think he has himself. one more week. I think he could miss this, this weekend, but not the following game. See, I thought it was this week, but I, I don't know. But in terms of the question, um, I think what they would do is ease him in, ease him into the into the the rotation. Um, maybe the first game he gets you know five five to ten carries or touches, and then they kind of you know fill him in there as as, as the season goes along to the point where I could see them uh, splitting fifty fifty because like you said, Connor's been playing so well. Um, I, I don't see Le'Veon taking the, the job all to himself again, especially with how deep into the season we are right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I, I hope you're right because I still have James Conner on my fantasy team. So that's going to do me a lot of good if <laughs> they, uh, they don't make Bell the starter. Um, but the Pittsburgh looks like they're going to run away with that division. Um, we briefly mentioned the Chiefs. They they are still, um, uh, they advanced to 7-1 and one or 8-1 and one, um, this past weekend with another win. Um, but the the Chiefs are interesting because they they haven't played a lot of tough games either. Um, so we'll we'll see with them. They do play the Rams in a couple weeks. I'm really excited for that game. I think it's going to be another 80 point game for sure. Um, but the team that uh, the Chiefs have lost to is the Patriots, and we saw them uh, beat up on the Packers. Maybe not beat up on, but but they did win uh, a pretty good game against the Packers on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, Patriots look like we expect the Patriots to look. They're probably going to be the number one seed in the AFC or number two behind the Chiefs. Um, So not a lot of news from the Patriots. um, But the Packers, though, they've now won two or lost two straight. They're now below 500. I think they're, what are they, three, four, and one now? And uh, Rodgers has not looked great. That whole team has not looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't really seem to be in playoff contention. This is weird, right? There's been not many times <laughs> since you and I have been watching football that the Packers are kind of seemingly out of it. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're probably going to end up finishing third, <laughs> the way it looks like in that division. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think honestly, at this point, McCarthy needs to go. Um, mm-hmm. He he is. I mean, just not. 
him and Rogers aren't on the same page. And he's in even the last few years, he's kind of gone back and forth on play calling um, between him and whoever the coordinator is at that, at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, the, honestly, they, I mean, in terms of receivers, they have some of the best receiving talent they've had in years. Um, still have Randall Cobb. Devonta Adams has been a freak. Uh, this Marquez Velda scantling has been pretty awesome. Uh, Geronimo Allison actually just went out for the the season, but he was playing awesome too. So the receiving talent actually was some of the best that they've had. And even the running backs like Aaron Jones has been really good the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I, I just don't completely understand why they are not performing because uh, last year you, th- you thought it was Rogers, you know, and Rogers not being there, but this year it's, it, you know, he's there and he's a little banged up, but he's getting healthier and the defense is, in certain categories better than it's been. But I honestly, I honestly think it comes down to coaching at this point because they're, they're just not putting it all together. Yeah. It does seem to me like, unless they go on some eight game winning streak right now, he's going to be out, I think. Um, and if, if they're asked to pick sides between him and Rogers, uh, they just promised Rogers about a hundred million dollars. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be McCarthy that goes, he's going to be coaching somewhere else. I think next season, um, but it is refreshing to not have to um, talk about the Packers going into the playoffs this year because I fucking hate that team. Um, but uh, stick, sticking in the NFC North, though, um, the Vikings, they bounced back after a loss last week against the Saints um, and, and came back with a victory this week. So they are, uh, are, correct me if I'm wrong, they're leading the division with the Bears a half game behind now? No, well, uh, it's weird because the Bears have played one last game. Uh, they're five. They're five and three. Vikings are five, three and one. But I, te- I think they're technically giving a division to the Bears. Ah, okay. Well, the Bears uh, are where I wanted to get here. They've been a pleasant surprise. Um, Trubisky has overperformed expectations, and that defense has been nasty so far. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to. Have the Vikings and Bears played yet? Are there two matchups yet between the two of them? No, they have not played yet. And actually, so the Vikings are on bye this week, and then they when they come back in week eleven, they play the Bears, and that got flexed to Sunday night. So Vikings play Sunday night against uh, the Bears. I think it's Sunday night the next week against the Pack. No, against the uh, yeah against the Packers. Uh, they play the Patriots uh, at four o'clock the next Sunday after that, and then the Seahawks Monday night the week after that. So they're, yeah, they're basically they're basically in prime time because that that four o'clock game is America's game game of the week. Uh, they're yeah. basically in a, in, a, in a high profile game uh, the next month. <laughs> so. Well, we're going to learn a lot about that team uh, in in the next, in the next five weeks. Um, And hopefully a lot about the bears. I'm really intrigued by the Vikings and bears game. I I think we're going to find out a little more about, you know, what kind of team each of these are. Vikings really seem to have hit their stride 10 sacks in the game this past week. Uh, That defense seems to really come, seems to really have come back. Um, uh, Cousins was, it's funny, they they win this game easily, but Cousins put up some of his lowest numbers of the season, so I don't mm-hmm. know what you make of that. But um, do, do, you, do you feel like this Vikings team has kind of hit uh, something of a stride lately? Because even, even in that Seahawks game, um, it's not like they got housed. You know, it, it was a decent enough game. Yeah, the, I think you mean Saints game. But uh, yeah, yeah the, that game was, that was a rough one because they were, in going into halftime, they were going to be up by 10. Um, if, if they, if they, they just needed to hit a field goal and they were going to be up by 10 and then Thielen fumbled it as he was trying to get into the end zone. So mm-hmm. it, the, that would have been a very different game going out of going into halftime if, if they would have, you know, just scored or at least, you know, not turn the ball over. But 
in terms of like the Lions game, the Lions are a dumpster fire right now from what it looks like. Um, they're they're offense. That's the move. That's the move we forgot. Uh, Golden Tate leaves the Lions, yep. goes to the Eagles, which I love. I love that move. I love that move for the Eagles, but the Lions' offense looked completely out of sync this week, and um, they they just didn't look great. So I'm still jury's still out for me on Minnesota right now because uh, I think the stretch is going to say a lot about what the team is. I don't know exactly what the defense is going to look like because of some injuries they've had. Yeah, they they got some pressure and they got Everson Griffin back, but still still a little worried because this is the first game really all year they've had all, any pressure or really with the four guys. So um, the other thing too is is like with Cousins not scoring or not throwing a lot and Thielen didn't really have a huge game either. Um, they ran the ball really well against the Lions. Uh, Cook came back. And Dalvin Cook and he ran for like 86 yards. He had one really long run. He looked really good. He looked quick and decisive. So they might be kind of looking towards uh, more of a, a run, you know, run heavier offense, uh, kind of like what last year looked like. And if they can play like they played last year, obviously that means good things. So yeah, going to be interesting to see. They they seem to be a team of many faces, and so it'll be interesting to see what ones they put on in these upcoming uh, tough matchups. Um, a couple other couple other topics here that we'll hit kind of quickly. Uh, Houston's on a huge winning streak and leading their <laughs> division now. Um, are you a believer in Deshaun Watson and the Texans? Still no, not really. <laughs> but they they did get Demaryius Thomas, so that that helps their receiving core again after losing Will Fuller. <sighs> I don't know. They they just haven't played a whole lot of competition yet, and there's not a whole lot of competition to play in in the AFC. AFC, but um, do they make the playoffs? Probably. Do they? win a game in the playoffs probably not yeah i think we're in agreement on that um and then a couple nfc teams that played this last week in an interesting game that i think got kind of forgotten about uh atlanta played washington so falcons and redskins played uh both teams who are kind of under the radar the falcons have been winning a lot lately um redskins were leading the nfc east going into that game uh the falcons showed up in a big way and really took it to the Redskins. Um, which of these two teams, Falcons or Redskins, do you give a better chance of getting into the playoffs? I would probably say at this point, just more likely is, is ooh, that's actually tough. I, would, I initially was thinking of the Redskins because that division is garbage, but the Eagles have been playing better. So I don't know if it, it's an automatic lock for the Redskins to win it because the Eagles still have to play the Redskins twice. So... Yeah. That might be a tough path for them for the for the Redskins too. I might actually go with the 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 Falcons in a wild card spot. They, I think that they have the the most talent out of those two teams, and I think they're they're they've been playing. I mean, Matt Ryan's playing the best football of his career right now, so he has he has better numbers than he did in his MVP year. So yeah, we'll see. I, I think I would I think I'd go with the the Falcons in that situation. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here um, because I think that the Eagles get it figured out and and end up winning that division. And I think your wild card teams are going to be um, some combination of the Bears, Panthers, and Falcons. I, I think the the Panthers have looked great, by the way. We haven't talked about them, but they're looking awesome as well. They have a really good game coming up uh, this week that we're going to pick here in just a second. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Falcons, uh, Panthers, and uh, Bears or Vikings, whoever doesn't win that division, I think those are your kind of threats for the wild card. And I, I don't see the Redskins maintaining the pace that they started the season with. So I, I'm in agreement with you on that. Yeah. So uh, that's a lot of NFL talk. We had a lot to catch up on. Uh, but before we move on, we, of course, have to pick last night's game. 
Um, and and last mm-hmm. night featured on Thursday night the first real good Thursday night matchup in a while. Um, it's the Carolina Panthers going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. So these are two teams that have played really well lately. Uh, two teams that want to run the ball on you uh, and, and play tough defense, especially up front. Um, I am I cannot wait to watch this, um, but I'm really interested to to hear who your pick is in this one. Who's at home? Steelers are at home. I think I'm gonna go with the Steelers then. I think that both teams have been playing pretty good football uh, the last few weeks. Um, But the Steelers at home have been pretty damn hard to beat. So I think I'm going to go with the the Steelers. Yeah, I think for me, I want to agree with you, but um, I'll pick opposite you just for the sake of doing so um, because it's that close for me. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I I think the team that wins this one is going to be – um, whichever can have a minimal amount of success running the ball, because these are both very good defenses up front. And I think whichever one can control the clock and control the ball with having a decent running game is going to win this one. I think the quarterbacks are going to be kind of the show, um, but whoever can, uh, like I said, control the game with the run game is, is going to be who wins this one. So we'll, we'll see, um, but it'll be really nice to see Cam and Ben kind of going at it and both those run teams. These are very similar teams, I think. I was just about to say, I mean, you mentioned Cam, Cam and, and Big Ben, but really the more interesting battle there is probably uh, James Conner versus Christian McCaffrey because mm-hmm. both are playing in, like insane football right now. And like McCaffrey, uh, you know, it's a guy who people talked about as, you know, just kind of a gadget guy, only catches balls, but he's been running between the tackles very well lately. So uh, that'll be fun, fun matchup to watch on both ends. Yeah, I can't wait. It's been a while since I watched, actually sat down and watched the Thursday night game, but I'm definitely going to catch this one. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our Thursday night picks. One of us is already wrong, uh, and only you know. So make sure you hit us up on the tweets and uh, let us have it, whoever was wrong, probably Seth. So uh, make sure you tweet at him, <laughs> at Seth Oat, and tell him he's an idiot for not picking the Panthers. Wow. All right. That's going to do it for sports, and we're going to move into a very exciting topic, um, if you ask me. It's our Mambo number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number 5. So the SoCo show had um, not a real, not a really a departure, uh, just a movement uh, last week with me uh, leaving Cedar Rapids. Um, but uh, our Mambo number five this week is going to be top uh, top departures or or top five characters leaving um, our favorite shows, movies, games, whatever. So these are our top five departures. Um, and and let me let me clear this up with you, Seth. Um, these can be deaths, right? Uh, sure. Okay. I didn't have I didn't have any deaths because I'm a very a positive thinking person. <laughs> well, I had a hard. I don't watch as much TV as you, so I, I deadass <laughs> couldn't come up with anyone who left alive yeah, on my, a lot of shows. <laughs> mine are all TV except for one. There's one non-TV one. Yeah, I think TV for this list makes the most sense. Um, mine look like they're all TV as well. Um, we do have to give a spoiler alert. I think in this, at least I do. Um, we're going to be spoiling a few shows, but I promise nothing nothing that's super current. Um, it's all stuff that's at least a year past. Um, but uh, like I said, I'll have a couple character deaths in my list, so if you don't want spoilers, um, pay attention and, and skip or pause if you don't want to have it. Um, so we'll, we'll get started. Um, who, who goes first? Um, I can go first. All right, you go ahead. Number five. Uh, my number five is... Um one that happened, God, I don't even know when this one. This is pretty like in the middle of the run of the show, uh, but it was uh, Parks and Rec, and the departure was Ann Perkins and Chris Traeger. They left together. 
Ah, um, yeah. I figured that you'd have them. Yeah, the uh, the her the moment with Anne and Leslie is one that was pretty that was pretty touching. I liked them, uh, you know, kind of doing their thing, uh, you know, saying goodbye in the car the way they would do it. But um, yeah, they never. I don't think they ever returned to the show at all either. Um, at least in, in like a, I don't think they even had had any like guest roles or. I don't know if they came back for the finale or not. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that was a nice little moment. I mean, uh, the, the show was kind of built around uh, Ann Perkins and Leslie Nope's you know friendship there's a lot of a lot of arcs arcs that were involved with that so it was a nice way to send them off so i I enjoyed it that one was pretty sweet i didn't have it on my list but i figured you would and by the way i forgot to do this before we started i predict that we have the same number one i'm just i'm just just gonna put that out there i think Um, i think we talked about that uh a few weeks ago when we when we were bringing up topics and uh, i think i i think i know what it is okay yeah yeah um my number five uh i'm gonna put a quick flag up for a spoiler alert um, for season two of House of Cards, um, and, and pause for just a second. <laughs> and uh, Seth knows where I'm going with this. Um, the character, the character Zoe, um, played by Kate Mara, was killed off in the first episode of season two of House of Cards. And I, the this was the most shocking character death on TV, probably or on movies that I ever saw. Like I freaked <laughs> out when I saw this and I know you remember cause you were with me when you, when we watched it. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so if you, if you're a house of cards watcher, you know exactly the scene I'm talking about where Frank pushes her out in front of a train and she gets smoked. RIP Zoe's boobs. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's my number five, mainly because of the shock factor. Yeah, that's pretty good one. But all of mine are like, <laughs> like because I like the character so much, they left on their own accord. <laughs> so you're, this is going to be a very different list, except for what I think both our number one is. Number four. Uh, number four. Uh, uh, I th- what I had this show number one on at least the theme list uh, for for me, but uh, the the only guy who actually le- or no really the the only worthwhile character that left the show uh, was troy barnes from community we have the same number four. Oh, nice <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened <laughs> weird all right well we can kind of co- talk in conjunction about it but uh, uh yeah he let there's a pretty awesome way for him to go with lavar lavar burton on the on the ship yeah, he gets the, that was the thing I even forgot about LeVar Burton. My favorite thing about it was that, that he drives away on a boat. That was my favorite part about it. <laughs> yeah, with LeVar Burton after he couldn't even talk to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking hilarious scene when he meets LeVar Burton. <laughs> I didn't want to meet LeVar Burton. You, you can't you disappoint, can't disappoint your a picture. A picture, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, uh, God. That shit was so, yeah. great. It was a good one. I mean, it wasn't very like, uh, there wasn't actually, there was, there was kind of a sentimental, uh, he, he said bye to everyone individually. And then, uh, he did, ha- he did, uh, have a nice little moment with Abed. Was that where they were on lava and he had to let him go? Yeah. I think that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. okay. That was around that same time. And then, uh, well, cause he was, uh, Troy was dating Britta. So he had a, a nice little thing with her for a goodbye. And then of course him and Abed are, you know, tight. So they had, a, they did their little handshake and had a nice little moment there too. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I figured it would be on your list. I thought it might be higher because of how much you love community, but I had to include it too. Yeah. I think the show, I mean, it did suffer after he left, but I, you know, it still carried on solid enough for me where it wasn't, I wasn't like 
devastated by it. And there were so many other good characters that I liked. I, I would have been more, I actually, there's probably no one that I would have been too devastated by. Cause they were all such pretty evenly fleshed out characters. Yeah. It was an ensemble that was very even like with screen time and with how cool their stories were and stuff. Um, they did a really good job of balancing that show. Number three. Uh, this is my only non TV, uh, TV related departure. I don't know if you, you would be able to guess this one. Uh, it's a game I finished this pat. Wait, was this this past? It was two summers ago. Holy fuck. Uh, this is a long time ago, but um, Uncharted, Nathan Drake left the series. Um, oh, yeah. At the, at the end of Uncharted 4. And uh, that that one was a that was a pretty emotional one. Uh, but it was it was nice. Um, he uh, the, they have a nice little epilogue with with his daughter, which is pretty cool. Um, that was that was kind of fun to play through. Um and then, like he, you know, he basically promises his wife that he's not going to do it anymore, and he's like going to be a, um, like a treasure finder for a corporation type thing. So, um, you know, they 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 kind of set him off into the sunset as like a happy family man. But uh, no, it was it was cool, especially after all all the games, all the time you spent with that character. It was a nice nice way to send him off, and it wasn't done in a way like he's dead or anything like that. So, so he'll probably come back. You know that. He better not. <laughs> um, my number three uh, comes from one of my favorite shows of all time, Chuck. And uh, again, this is a little <laughs> bit of a spoiler, but um, I think it's in, I don't remember what season it's in, but um, they bring in Chuck's dad as a character in this. And um, he has a pretty nice arc over a couple seasons and then he dies. And um, he has a really good episode where it's a, where his final episode, you don't know he's going to die. Um, but uh, once you do, once he does die, you realize that that was a great episode for him to die in because he's very, um, oh, he kind of sacrifices himself for his family in a way that's really impactful. Um, and what it, what his death means for Chuck and his kind of growth as a secret agent uh, is really awesome. And then um, Chuck's dad also leaves behind some really cool stuff. Um, that leads the show kind of forward after that. So um, Scott Bakula was the one playing Chuck's dad, uh, Stephen Stephen Barkowski, Bartowski. And um, I just love the show Chuck. So if you haven't watched Chuck, do it. Um, but uh, yeah, Chuck's dad. And there's several kind of departures and deaths and things on the show Chuck that would have made this. But for me, the top one had to be Chuck's dad. My name is Chuck. Did you ever watch Chuck? Yeah. You know okay, that. I, I watched. So. Yeah. I was watching that on Netflix. Uh, it was like when we were in the last apartment we were in apartment. Seven. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Chuck is fire. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and slap. Oh God, uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. We don't need roads. Retro recommend for Chuck. In fact, Chuck is so retro that I once, when I first watched the show Chuck, it was on DVDs that I ordered from Netflix. <laughs> I had to wait for it in the fucking mail. <laughs> well, for my next one, I watch this all on on uh, on over the air uh, over the air television and cable on FX and with reruns. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> number two, uh, my number two. Yes, it's a very old show. So old. How old is it? <laughs> uh, that this is the originally aired when I was a child, and I remember watching this episode live. But uh, it it is Eric Foreman leaving that '70s show. Oh yeah, that was good. I forgot all about yeah. that. 
Yep. I, you know, I, I've talked about that 70s show being one of my favorite shows of all time. And uh, when Eric left, uh, I, I, I think I was still watching all the episodes. After he left is when I kind of stopped watching until the finale. But um, the left for Africa to try and teach people, I think is what it was. Um, he had, of course, had his had, you know, nice moments with his parents. And then, of course, Donna, like that was the, that was the big one. Um, they still kind of kept him in the show in terms of like he would write Donna every once in a while. Um, and then eventually he broke up with her. But I thought the way they, they let him out of the show was, was a nice way of doing it. So, Eric yeah, that was really sweet. That show was booty after he left, though. They, they tried to replace <laughs> him with with um, Seth Meyers brother and it did not go well. <laughs> True. Man, number two is a rough one. Um, when uh, when Corey Monteith died, um, he he was starring on Glee when he died, and it was like season three, episode three, I think, is the one where they finally addressed his death because he had been. They were in the middle of filming when he died. And, what do you know the um, exact timestamp too? Um, it was at the minute second one. Is they <laughs> they, o- they open up on a picture of him, and uh, it's like at a funeral. Um, they never say how he dies in the show, but he does die. And man, even if you don't watch Glee, if you watch that specific episode of Glee, the thing that hits me so hard about it is you can tell that the, the, this is the actors saying goodbye to the guy, Corey Monteith, and not so much the character saying goodbye to their fellow character. Like it is raw as fuck. And they, they sing some really good songs in it. And it was super touching, uh, as a kind of a tribute to him, um, and it was it was it was crazy with the speed with which they had to shuffle whatever plans they had around and and and, and do that episode instead of whatever it is they were going to do. But that one, that specific episode of Glee is like one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. But I can't watch it because it just wrecks me every time. Because like <laughs> I don't know, anytime someone dies uh, and and they're like a TV star, you forget about them as a person. And that the way that they um sort of put everything they had into that one episode because of him was really fucking touching and so it was it's i guess it's a kind of a character death and a actor death or whatever but it still was it, that's one of my favorites uh topped only by our, our almost definite uh mutual number one number one this is michael um, scott right oh no i was gonna say rick grimes <laughs> no you fucking weren't no you're right i was gonna say michael scott <laughs> I think um, anyone anyone who like listens to this show and anyone who would ever do a list like this, ha- you have to have Michael Scott number one. It's not even close. Yeah, it's it, that's that, that's definitely like not only one of the best departures, but one of my favorite episodes of The Office. That the whole like actually actually is a two episode thing because the episode before they do the the Dundies, and at the end at the end of it they sing to him. And uh, where they count down, they they talk about all his memories and they sing how many minutes he spent in the office. And mm-hmm. then he uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh fuck, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> like after, <laughs> when he's in his office. And then the episode after that is when he actually leaves and he says he's going to. He said he he's going to leave the next day, but that's actually the day he's planning to leave. And then, you know, he says bye to everyone. And then the moment I always remember is uh, when Jenna Fisher, uh, Pam goes up to him at the at the airport um and they don't have any mics going on them and apparently like they were actually saying their real goodbyes there and uh they never really talked about what they what they said so i i I love that moment that's that's one of my favorite moments from the office yeah that is i do love that and actually the the song that you're talking about that they were singing Mm -hmm. um i just i just recently read that they didn't tell steve carell they were going to do that 
Oh, really? So, yeah, so you're seeing his actual genuine reaction to that, which makes that scene so fucking touching, actually. Um, and then the other one, the one that gets me every single time is when he's in the office, uh, in his in his office with Jim, and they're not talking about, they're like, they know, but they're not talking about the fact that it's, you know, that it is his last day, and then Jim finally gets him to admit it. Um, that whole episode, it just wrecks you, because, like, you know, and he knows that it's his last day, and, like, the seemingly insignificant interactions he's having with everyone who doesn't know it's his last day just fucking ruin you when you know that it is. And I mm-hmm. love that episode so much. And I, we just recently watched this um, just around the house because um, because uh, Matt was was kind of watching it again. And it was like right around the time I had decided to move away. And so it just, I was bawling. Like I cried so hard that night. Um, because <laughs> it was like, I was like, fuck, I didn't realize it was that episode or I wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> so yeah, that one is, he's one of the all time characters on, on TV. And that's definitely one of the all time episodes for sure. Oh yeah. So that is, uh, those are our, our Mambo's number five. Um, I have a couple honorable mentions. You got any? No, it's uh, honestly, I, it took me a while to even think of my, my, uh, I, I forgot about Eric Foreman until the last second. And I was like, oh fuck, that's like one of my favorites. So <laughs> Um, I would add in as an honorable mention, um, Zach Braff leaving scrubs. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool one. Um, and they ended up weirdly like bringing him back in the repilot or whatever, but the episode, the episode where he leaves, that was like maybe going to be the finale where he's leaving the hospital, um, was really cool where they have everyone in the hallway, basically like everyone that's ever been on the show was in that hallway and say goodbye to him. I thought that that was really cool. That's a good one. And then the other one I have is kind of tongue in cheek. Um, and I'll, I'll just leave it at this Glenn leaving the walking dead. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to, I had to put that one in there <laughs> and I don't, I won't, I won't describe it any further, but fan, uh, people who have seen the walking dead know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh fuck. Negan describes it in detail on this past episode. So he's trying to get Maggie to kill him. And uh, he, he describes what he did to, <laughs> did to Glenn. Oh goodness. Well, that sounds fucking awful. So mm-hmm. Negan's a son of a bitch. We all know that. Um, those are the only couple honorable mentions I had. So, um, that's gonna, that's gonna be it. Uh, this week we have uh, top departures on our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Make sure you hit us up on the tweets. If you think we forgot anything, uh, I recently heard from Dan. Uh, do you remember way back when we did theme songs? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Dan pointed out to me that we didn't have Mission Impossible on there, and I felt <laughs> so stupid. That was the all-time snub um, for our Mambo's number five, and it made me realize that I need to spend more time on my lists, or I'm going to forget obvious shit like that. <laughs> so uh, I spent I a little d- more time on this one. I didn't include it on purpose, because uh, I don't believe that's one of the best. So Get the fuck out of here. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Before I climb through the mic and beat the fuck out of Seth, uh, let's get into, <laughs> we have a lot of TV news. That's what she said. TV. TV this week brought to you by Mike's Wood. Make sure you hit the link in the description box, etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you need your woodworked. Wood. Uh, I want to start with the worst piece of news that I've ever fucking heard, and that's that Netflix canceled American Vandal. What the fuck is up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with What's that? What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> um, this is horseshit because both of those seasons were incredible and I'm sure they had more ideas. I don't know why I got can- Maybe it didn't have a ton of ratings. I, 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 I thought it did. I don't know. Do you know why the hell it's canceled? My, well, the, the theory that I've heard that is 
probably the most that holds the most water is that uh, Netflix does not own that show. It's actually owned by CBS. And so they are kind of cleaning house on all of their shows that are not owned by them. So American Vandal is, is, uh, is one of those casualties. Um, I don't, I, I agree though. I don't think it's been watched a whole lot, so maybe that's part of it. But I think the biggest thing is that Netflix doesn't own them. That makes me even more pissed off because that's, that was a great show. That was, that made my, that was my number one Netflix original on our Mambo back way back when. <laughs> and this is, this is horseshit. I'm, I'm pissed. I hope it gets revived somehow. Um, but I don't know who's going to revive it because Netflix is usually the ones that do that. So I, well, I don't know. If, if it was revived, I mean, CBS owns it. It, you know, it could be on the, the all access channel. Um, if, because they're actually doing a, an adult, like Star Trek show, apparently. Um, like an animated adult, adult Star Star Trek show, so they might be getting into this more sophomore humor type stuff. But if they did that, would you buy the CBS app? I would for a month and watch that show. <laughs> okay, and I'd maybe watch like the Star Trek stuff, Star Trek Discovery, and they have a new series coming out with Jean Luc Picard again. So I'd probably mm-hmm. find some stuff to watch on there. But I would go yeah. for American Vandal. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, here comes, here comes something that, uh, maybe if we, if we redo our departures list later on, uh, we'll include this one. It sounds like the character Apu is going to be leaving the Simpsons. Uh, they're, they're going to be finding a way to write him off. I think Seth, that this is a result of the problem with Apu documentary that we talked about way last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, spoiler alert, he would not be in my uh, top departures. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I I understand why they're doing it, and uh, you know, it, I'm not butt hurt by it by any means. So whatever. Yeah, my only thing is that this really seems like a cop out because they could have they could have retooled him somehow or just changed the way that they had him be in mm-hmm. the show, but instead they just cut him out completely. Which to me sounds a lot like uh, the kid who's not playing fair, and then when his mom yells at him to start playing fair, he just quits the game. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what this fucking, it seems like a bratty move by the Simpsons. And I don't know if that's what it was. Uh, maybe they tried to have it be, you know, more, um, socially acceptable the way they showed him in the show. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if this is so much a win for, for, um, Hari Kondabolu who made that documentary, but, uh, it did affect some change. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of up and down on this one, but, uh, I also don't really give a shit about the Simpsons. So it's not a huge story to me. Um, something else that, that you and I are not big on, but, uh, a lot of folks are, uh, is Zelda. Um, obviously one of the, one of the top selling uh, video game franchises. And it sounds to me like Netflix is going to be working on a series for Zelda. Have you heard about this? I did not hear about that, but, uh, makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense completely that they are not using their own IP with it. Cause it's, you know, of course owned by Nintendo, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense because it is a huge franchise and, and people love it. So you're going to get automatic viewers. Um, am I going to watch it? Probably not, unless it's like very well rated. Because to me, it sounds like it could be a less less intense Game of Thrones, which I already don't care about Game of Thrones. So whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense why they're doing it. Yeah, and, and um, I think that they're, and this is a, maybe going back to video game news, I think there's also another video game in the in the works too for Zelda. Um, and, and this is a franchise that always sells, so it makes sense that they would try to do a series. I think that this may even be animated, so to fully disqualify you from wanting to watch it. Um, but uh, the, the c- creator is the person who was doing the Castlevania 
um, series on Netflix most recently. So I, I think this may be animated and it's young right now. I don't think it's even been fully confirmed by Netflix, but um, I don't know. I, I know that at least one of our listeners, Dan, is going to be excited for that one when it does drop. Dan sucks. <laughs> there you go. Um, flipping from Netflix over to uh, the Disney streaming service, we've been hearing a lot about uh, some of the Marvel-related um, new stuff that they're going to come out with um, for that streaming service. And we got, I think, a really interesting one uh, that's going to feature an MCU pair-up uh, that you may not have seen coming. Uh, yeah, Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier and Falcon. Uh, that that could be interesting. Um, with all the stuff they're announcing uh, with that and the Scarlet Witch and Vision is joining Scarlet Witch in that series too. So um, even though didn't he get fucking destroyed in the last movie? Anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe maybe it's going to take place during their time where they were hiding out in Europe before oh, the beginning of Avengers. We're going to get some fucking robot sex. Some yeah, sweet. they're going to fuck for sure. And yeah. it's all going to be very sad because you know he's about to get his brain ripped out of his head. <laughs> he's going to be like a... Uh, he's going to be... <laughs> God damn it. Um, he, <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> whatever it was i'm sure it was worthy um Uh, are are you here for all of these new series and spinoff things that that the mcu is going on is this going to get you over to the disney stream yeah before i got that whatever was in my head uh stuck um yeah i was about to say i definitely want to get the streaming service because they've announced a whole bunch of stuff that is really interesting plus they're going to be adding all these you know all these new live action movies they're talking about, which none of them I really care about a whole lot, but um, could be interesting to, to see. Plus they're going to be adding classic movies on there. All these MCU movies are going to be on there. Uh, they have these star Wars shows, which again, I don't care about, but could be interesting. So yeah, I, I honestly think that I will be signing up for the, the Disney streaming service. They're just doing it way better than what DC's doing. DC has like a bunch of old movies and one crappy show. Whereas Marvel is like, Here's a shit ton of a shit ton of shows that sound interesting. Come over to our service, please. And I'll say, yeah, yes, I'm excited. Please. I'm really excited for this because, and I, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to get a subscription to this too. Um, I'm interested to see like the quality and the budget that these shows get, uh, you know, obviously every dollar that ever existed goes into these MCU movies. So it'll be interesting to see like for vision, for example, there's a lot <laughs> of effects involved with his character. Like, are they going to cheapen that at all? Or are these going to be massive budget shows? I don't know. I think they're going to have a big budget, um, but I would love for like vision to go from like movie quality CGI to like, to like CW show <laughs> CGI. You know what, you know, at the end of Step Brothers when they both have Chewbacca masks and the one guy goes, it's okay that mine's not movie quality. <laughs> I hope that that's, that's the level of, of drop that we have for vision. That'd be awesome. I also don't fucking care about vision. So I'm actually a little bummed that he's even on that show, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff to come uh, with the Disney stream, uh, but uh, they, they have roped you and I in for sure. So they've got two uh, subscribers waiting in the wings. Um, pe- speaking of waiting in the wings, uh, Seth, one of your favorite shows and recent Emmy winner um, is going to be coming back. And now we know when. Yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel will be uh, streaming season two, December 5th. So for any of you uh, Maiselites, I don't know if that's a true thing or not. Um, uh, they're called Wazels, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's what the Ma- that's what all the blogs are are calling them Wazels. Mazels, Wazels. Yeah. Like Wetzels, Pretzels. 
Exactly. That actually comes from the same place. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, December 5th on uh, Amazon. I will be watching this uh, immediately as, it, as soon as it comes out on December 5th, much like I did with one of the shows I'll be reviewing uh, this week. Because um, I, I do have a lot more time on my hands now. So, uh, but yeah, Mrs. Maisel, definitely uh, everyone needs to watch the first season. Um, and then you can wait for my TV corner for the second season. There you go. That'll be showing up on uh, whatever episode of ours comes immediately after December fifth. Um, <laughs> this is one that is on my list. Um, I I don't have my I don't have an internet feed yet in my current apartment, and so I'm still waiting on that. But as soon as I get it, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is at the top of my list of things to watch. Um, so hopefully I'll be caught up before season two drops um, so that I can watch that. So I'm very excited about that one. From there, um, I'm just going to kind of hand this to you and step back because uh, I it, I have some thoughts, but you're the one who watches this show. Um, but there was a big um, episode for, for, for um, The Walking Dead this week. And then also some news came out to kind of accompany that. Yeah, so Walking Dead had its final episode of Rick Grimes uh, this week. So... Uh, the, the moment everyone's been talking about since Comic-Con, when they announced he's leaving, happened. Um, and uh, I guess you could say it happened. Um, I mean, if you've probably um, read anything on Twitter by now, you know that Rick Grimes is going to be back in uh, potentially three movies on AMC uh, starring Andrew Lincoln. So it's a TV movie as opposed to like a theatrically re- released movie, but... Uh, so he's, as you can probably assume by all that, yes, he's still alive. Um, he is, you know, at least seems well for right now. So we'll see what happens there. Um, kind of, for me, it kind of cheapened the uh, cheapened the the death a little bit, or the, the finale for him a little bit, because, I mean, we're going to see him again probably sometime soon. It seems weird to me, though, that, they've taught, that they're doing these movies now, and they're planning on expanding the whole Walking Dead thing now when they're at the lowest ratings of all time. So, you know, whatever. Uh, the other, the other weird thing is, um, so they're doing a six year time jump between his, his departure and the current, you know, uh, for the new, when the season picks up again. And so like his daughter is like eight years old and is kind of a badass now. She like wears Carl's and hit Rick's hat and has Rick's gun, and has a sword too. Also, here's the completely stupid thing: the zombies can talk. What? 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 <laughs> what? What? Are they saying like I want to say hi to the guy? <laughs> I wish. What no, do they say? Uh, the The trailer has like a couple of the cast members hiding uh, from the zombies, and the zombie goes. He, he goes ready go like he's, he's like i can't even do a zombie impression but he's like where'd he go he's that is like that is effing stupid <laughs> right wait hold on so is the daughter half black no because uh it's it's his original wife's kid oh oh Lori. okay i have my time all fucked up in the walking dead yeah then. okay but apparently michonne taught her to use a sword in addition to yeah. the gun yeah because michonne is is essentially her mom because you know she her mom her actual mom died when she was giving birth um and then got eaten <laughs> by by a zombie <laughs> um but uh yeah so it's she's being raised by Michonne which okay here's another stupid thing okay so it's been it's been 6 years right rick is still alive rick is he's 
uh, for spoilers, um, he's been flown off in a, in a helicopter. That's where he's gone now. Um, how has he not come back in six years? Yeah, and, and like, so he just fucked off and left his daughter there with a woman who is not his mother. mother? <laughs> right. Yes, that's exactly what he did. Okay, well, now I hate that guy. <sighs> I, I don't, this show is, it's, 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 a, I, and even, it's a dumpster fire, but even, even so, I'm really, I really can't wait to hate watch the zombies talking. <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what pretty much what they sound like. Like, and, and they say they're the zombies are evolving. But I was sitting there watching the so Rick had just been flown off, and I'm like, well, that was kind of dumb. And then they show a trailer for the for the next episodes, and they come back. And before they say they're evolving, they're, he talks. The zombie talks, and I'm like, wait, did that zombie just fucking say something? <laughs> and, <laughs> And it did, and uh, it, then they explain that they're that they're evolving. So I don't know. It's uh, what the hell. I don't know what the show's turning into. So that doesn't TV and movies always get this wrong. That's not how evolution works. Like they would be having to procreate if they were going to evolve, and I don't think they're fucking. Maybe they are. Maybe they're fucking. Now. I don't know. Well, and they should also be like. It's been five or so years since the, at least until like the end of last season, maybe six or maybe closer to six uh, years since the apocalypse happened. Um, you'd think that all, because there's not hot blood running through the the veins of these, these zombies, you think they'd all be decomposed where they can't even move anymore. But now we're adding another six years on top of that. They should just be fucking piles of dust. And now they're fucking talking. Like what's next? They're going to be sipping coffee at Starbucks. What is going on? It's going to turn into a big classism thing where there's a society of the dead and they're being marginalized by the society of the living and they have to fight for their civil rights. I think that's probably where they're going to try to go with it. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I know if anyone tries to fuck some of those zombies, I'm calling the Humane Society. Oh, God. This is I, I, I this is the stupidest thing I've heard. Like, well, you you know that AMC told them not to kill uh, Rick, right? Like right. that, that had to, that had to have been a studio choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, to, to just have him fuck off like that is really dumb. And then to fast forward again, when they just did fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, this seems really dumb. This has got, I really hope this is the last season. Uh, I'll see. I think I see it going one more before it, before it's done. We shall see. Um, so this wouldn't have made your top five, um, for this week. No, I mean, if, if he would have died, like they kind of, made it seem like he is going to i actually would have been okay with it i wouldn't have been like you know it wasn't the best departure i've ever seen but it wouldn't have been you know a cheap departure and then you know they save him and fly him off in a helicopter and then announce immediately after the show that he's gonna have movies it didn't matter that departure didn't matter because yes he left the show but he's still a character gonna be around in this universe so why why do we make a big deal about it yeah, I agree with you. And what's funny about this is Andrew Lincoln was like, I'm done playing Rick Grimes. I want to go back to my British accent. And then they were like, how would you How would you like a bunch of fucking money to do three movies? And he was like, all right, I guess I'm Rick Grimes again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, anyway, fuck that. We've talked, we spent way too much time on The Walking Dead. Fuck The Walking Dead. Um, let's move into uh, some shows that I, I think are, are currently not in their death throes. Um, well, I guess maybe one is. <laughs> um, let's get into the TV corner. Yeah. 
TV Corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! TV Corner. It's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, TV Corner. Uh, I got three shows. It's a triple corner this week. Ooh. Um, woo! Uh, um, so, first show I will talk about is... You know, I talked about it earlier, so you know, no, no need to bury the lead for it. Uh, House Cards had its final season, uh, ten ups, or eight episodes final season. Uh, of course, we've been we've been talking about this for a while, especially because uh, we started when the whole Kevin Spacey thing was was going on. So, final season of House Cards, uh, Claire's president, uh, Doug has has been kind of framed for a lot of what Frank has done. Uh, from so that's kind of where this picks up, but. Uh, Doug Stamper has been framed for what a, a lot of what uh, uh, Frank did pro- uh, in his previous time as president, and in terms of like all the shady stuff. And so Doug is kind of on the on the offensive. Um, Claire is also on the offensive though because she's trying to build her, you know, build her regime and also you know become uh, a, you know a president for a second term and all that stuff. So that's where the 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 show kind of picks up on and goes from there i mean that's really the entire eight episode season which felt the show kind of felt like they uh weren't on a time constraint they they just it just felt like a normal season of house cards in terms of like the pacing and and then all that and so when when it got to the eighth, eighth episode it didn't feel like they were coming to a, a natural climax for for the show <laughs> so jesus christ so um once it got to the to the finale it didn't feel like a finale to me so um coming back back to the beginning here though um so in terms of like the the acting performances all that stuff uh, of course robin wright as claire is awesome i mean she she plays that character tremendously um she takes over kind of the frank role of the show where she is talking to, to the uh you know to the viewer throughout a lot of the show um, explaining a lot of her decisions and things like that. Um, and then the emotions she, she does have to play a lot through a lot of emotions this, this season. Um, she, she is at times trying to fake out not only, you know, the, the other characters uh, in terms of how, how she's portraying herself, but sometimes the, the audience too, you don't exactly know what she's thinking. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, like Michael Kelly as Doug Stamper, he's pretty awesome still. Uh, the, the rest of the show didn't have a ton of performances, uh, centered around anyone else, but really those two, which is kind of nice. It was a little scaled down in that way. The overall story though, didn't seem put together super well. Um, there was a couple key Claire moments where she does some badass stuff like Frank did and it was pretty awesome. But other than that, it just, it seemed like everything was very rushed. It seemed like they didn't want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about more strategic ways to get from point A to point B. They kind of just rammed point A into wherever they wanted. <laughs> and gross. <laughs> and uh, Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm going to hear that sound for the remainder of my night. I'm going to sleep to that sound in my head. Yeah, um, buddy. Because I'm on a roll today. <laughs> so I don't know. It just, it just didn't feel. It sucks because I think if you know, the whole shit with Kevin Spacey didn't go down and they got this to be their final season. They would have probably had the 12 episodes that they normally have. And they would have had a complete and fleshed out finale. Whereas as this didn't really have that feel to it. I think what everyone was looking for was the Underwoods to get their comeuppance and, you know, finally 
after all this time be taken down in a, in a blaze of glory. And you really don't get that with the season. Um, it was very, very underwhelming for the, the, uh, you know, the finale of, of what was otherwise a pretty awesome show. I wouldn't say this is a terrible season, but it just, it, it shouldn't, it should have been way better. So, uh, as a rating, I would give it like three point three point three um, <laughs> point a rammers out of five. <laughs> uh, so that that's a real bummer. You said three point three, which is pretty low compared to some of the other stuff that we've been um, doing. Is this your lowest? Would this be your lowest lowest rated season of House of Cards? I'd probably put it on par with last season, with uh, the season five. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I guess I had forgotten that um, season five wasn't maybe stellar. I thought I thought that season as a whole, like from from beginning to end, was was better. Um, I just thought that with this season, there was there was a lot to to live up to, and I don't know, just uh, it it needed to stick the landing because all the other seasons benefited from we know the story's continuing. So, and and actually, all the finales, every single finale for for, for House of Cards were actually really awesome. They always left you with like a big old gut punch and like a, you know, here we're going to, we're going to get you next season with even more awesomeness. And this season didn't really, you know, it ended with kind of like a, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like this, that was kind of, kind of dumb. So I don't know. Um, it just uh, like the last season, they didn't have a whole lot of development either. It just seemed kind of, they were going back and forth, making decisions quickly without, being as cerebral as they've been the past few seasons. Yeah, that's a bummer. It kind of seems like maybe they started to buy into their own bullshit and then just started to give you, you know, what they thought you wanted without all of the depth surrounding the cool, you know, moments and stuff. That's kind of the vibe Mm -hmm. I'm getting. Yeah, you could say that. So 3.3, 3.3 Rams (laughs) out of uh, of five for House of Cards – uh, we've got two more shows this week in the corner. What's next? Uh, what's next is uh, the show that is responsible for probably the most we've ever laughed on this show. <laughs> or in my life, maybe. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> uh, that show would be The Deuce, season two. Um, for those nice. who don't recall, <laughs> The Deuce is uh, the uh, James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal-led show about prostitution in uh, in New York. Uh, in the seventies, so I thought it was porn. Well, that's that. That's where this season, to the end of last season, and this entire season went into porn. Uh, but prostitution was also a part of this season. Um, ah. This show really. Oh, what are you gonna say? No, that was it. Just okay. ah. Oh. <laughs> um, this show really became kind of a show, like a two-part show. Half of the show is James Franco and his uh his managing of all these uh bars that he runs for the mob um and so james franco does play two characters but uh the other character he plays was barely in the show this season um there's a long-haired james franco and a short-haired james franco the long-haired james franco i forgot their names because i really don't care about this character um (laughs) (laughs) these characters at all but um uh the he, he the long haired James Franco is the one that runs the bars and stuff. Uh, the other half of the show is Maggie Gyllenhaal and her uh, actually being a, a porn director now. She directs porn and is trying to be like very arty with it and like following um, following kind of the new trends of porn. And this is really when porn was 
said like 500 times on this podcast. I'm not, I can't believe how many times I said porn right now. <laughs> uh, this is when uh, adult films were being, uh, we're being uh, kind of introduced to everyone, and then they kind of talk more about like uh, at home video with like VHS and stuff uh, being introduced too. So that was the interesting part of the show for me was Maggie Gyllenhaal and her struggles as being like someone who doesn't have any respect in the porn industry and gaining that respect. And it's it's really more about show business. That part of the 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 show is about like show business and movie business, which automatically intrigues me intrigues me way more than uh, kind of subpar fleshed out. Uh, mob storyline going on so sure uh, um some of that other stuff trickled in because like you know some of the porn actresses are prostitutes uh that that got into it and then some of like the the pimps kind of come in and and try and finagle the the porn people and some of the, the there's one arc with one of the the pimps who you know gets into gets into the porn acting and is like really good at it and so he's struggling between doing porn which he loves and also being a pimp that's a really weird uh sentence i just said that's like uh that reminds me a lot of high school musical (laughs) oh yeah yeah where it's like oh he he has to do this one thing that's his job but he wants to do the thing that he loves which is in the arts which is exactly like high school musical yeah except it's fucking and pimping in this (laughs) instead of basketball Uh, and play (laughs) but no that that so that that entire side of it was actually awesome i would watch I would be watching, be like very invested in a in a show all about you know that um, with with Maggie Gyllenhaal because Maggie Gyllenhaal is awesome in the show. Um, but the other half of the show, James Franco was kind of bleh. Uh, it just I was always like tuning out pretty much immediately anytime the anytime the story went to that. Um, but any, but anytime it went to Maggie Gyllenhaal in the porn, I was very invested. So might just say a lot about me uh, as a person, but um, <laughs> I think it does. I do, I do think though the so all the performances are good. I mean, I talked about that the last time. Still the same. I mean, there were some really good performances all around. Even when the story wasn't great with James Franco, I you know he did a good job of what he was supposed to do. It just I don't think it's that that part of the show is written very well. That being said, though, the finale when the, when that happened, um, they kind of introduced some new elements to the to the overall story, and it, it is getting uh, season three. They're going to do a shortened season three. Um, kind of like a finale type thing, but they inter- opened up some inter- uh, interesting avenues for his character. Plus what's going to be going on with, with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and her character. So I'm a little more intrigued going forward and the finale is really, really strong. So I think that bumps up my rating just a bit, um, but I'm going to give it a 3.2, um, 3.2 big apples out of five. big apple um this is interesting to me i I think that i've seen a little bit of this show and it's it's kind of different right it it Mm -hmm. looks it looks definitely like it's the 70s right it looks definitely like that time it's nasty new york um, yeah and and not new glitzy you know i want to be famous new york and so this it's a really interesting concept and the whole porn thing and I, i the episode that i watched had a lot of um Maggie Gyllenhaal kind of directing the porn. And that seemed really interesting. Um, Cause you're right. It is more about showbiz than it is about titties. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that stuff is interesting to me. Um, it's kind of, um, I said interesting like four times, but it is also interesting that they're going to go with a short and final season. Um, I was mm-hmm. a little bit surprised by that. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, a good, 
it's a good thing. I mean, it, it doesn't, the show doesn't need to, to last a, a bunch of time and, uh, you know, it has some big stars in it. So I, I you know, I don't expect them to, uh, keep this going forever. You know, the, those people want to go on and do their own thing and, and all that stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely be intrigued to see it, but I mean, it, it would be a higher rated show for me if, if the other half of it, it's like, it's, it's a half of a, an awesome show together. It's a, you know, kind of a, you know, okay show. It's not something I look forward to watching every single week, um, uh, because half of it's boring, but, um, you know, if they can kind of spice up the, the James Franco stuff a little bit more, I think I would, I would enjoy the show a whole lot more. Yeah. And more titties. <laughs> There's plenty of titties in the show. <laughs> it's a lot of dong too. Oh yeah. A lot of pimp dick. <laughs> anyway, a lot of pimp dick is the uh, title of this week's episode. <laughs> there you go. That one's for you. Oh, nice. <laughs> Been waiting all episode. All right. Uh, last show. Transitioning to the final show. And easily my favorite show out of the bunch. Um, I often leave the best show for last. Uh, which is Atypical Season 2. Um, Atypical is one I think I reviewed... Um, when we started the show, uh, which is the show about a kid with autism and stars, the, the biggest stars on this are Michael Rappaport and Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, the, the kid actually, uh, who plays his name's Sam. He's the autistic kid. He's been getting a little more work and stuff. His name's Keir Gil- Gilchrist. Um, other than that, there's not a ton of star power. Um, there's, there is one kid who plays Sam's best friend. Who's, uh, awesome. But he uh, he's in a bunch of like sprint commercials. He's like a kind of an <laughs> Indian, um, Middle Eastern type look, uh, looking guy. I don't know where exactly he's from because he speaks very, um, very clear English and all that stuff. And he ta- doesn't talk about it in the show. But um, he's very funny. And his, his dynamic of Sam is one of my favorites. But he's a really funny character. And he, he's actually um, funny in some of the commercials he does. So um, the show, though, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it, it is about a kid with autism and, and kind of living his trying to live a normal life uh in high school and now he's starting to go to the point where he's going to college he's also trying to um have relationships with girls and stuff like that so that's interesting um really it's it's just kind of like a slice of life type of show i mean there's not a ton of point to it um there are some interesting storylines with uh like the, the the parents um in terms of like their uh, extramarital affairs and affairs and things like that so I would say as a, as a whole, though, the show has a ton of really, really solid relationships. Um, the, so I already mentioned um, Sam and his friend. His, Sam and his sister, Casey, are um, easily one of my favorite like brother-sister uh, combos on TV. They're really, really awesome together. The sister in general, Casey, she is she's actually like she's probably my favorite character in the show because she um she has to kind of take care of Sam, but then she also has her stuff with like this boyfriend. She's also dealing with stuff with, uh, potentially a girlfriend. Um, also her dynamic with her parents is really interesting. She just, she plays really well with all of the characters that she interacts with in the show. Um, she's also very funny, very sarcastic and all that type of stuff. So, um, the show, uh, as, as a whole, it does a really, really good job of, uh, with one, it's dialogue, but two, with, with all of the, the interactions with the characters, they all have a different dynamic that works super well at the show. Um, again, it's very funny. It's also very, very serious with the stuff with autism and with uh, some of the stuff with like the parents and and they talk, you know, talking about college and how people are treated in school and things like that. So they do a really good job of balancing all that. 
I, I, there's not really much else to say other than, you know, it's, it's an excellent show and people should definitely check it out. Um, it is getting a season three, again, another shortened season three. This will be an eight episode season three. So, uh, I'm excited to watch that sad that it's going to be ending. But, uh, in terms of this season, I thought it was even stronger than the first. I was really, really into these characters. Some of they added some new characters. Um, it's a very easy watch. It's half hour show, uh, 10, 10 or I think 10 episodes. So definitely check it out. My rating for the season though, I would say, I would say 4.4 penguins out of five. The uh, Sam loves penguins. So <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen 4.4 is a good one. And I've seen actually a few episodes of this and, and you're right. It does center around Sam and his, his struggles kind of with autism and stuff, but it really does give you every character has their own stories and things going on. So this is kind of more about an entire family than it is about just him. And mm-hmm. I really have enjoyed the episodes that I've seen of this. So I'm not surprised that it's that you've given it a, a, a nice rating here. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. It's easy watch. Definitely nothing that's too, you know, it's nothing too heavy. I mean, there's some heavy stuff, but nothing too heavy. And uh, just overall, a, you know, very, very enjoyable, funny, heart, heart, heartwarming show. It has a lot of, a lot of, a lot of nice touching moments in it. Well, there you go. Get your heart warmed by uh, watching <laughs> Atypical uh, 4.4 out of 5 for Seth. Uh, the Deuce came in at 3.2, I think he said, and uh, House of Cards at 3.3 for its final mm-hmm. season. So um, hit us up on the tweets. Uh, Seth is at Seth Oat. If you want to let him know what you thought of these three shows, let him know if you think he's high or low on any of those. And uh, maybe let him know what you want him to do in the corner next. I know his schedule is pretty uh, full up, so he might not be able to get a recommendation in, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, that's it for this week in the TV Corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo! Woo indeed. Uh, let's move forward into some movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Movies this Whoops. week brought to you by Mathis Designs on Etsy. Uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. You'll find the link in our description box. Uh, all of your graphic design and stationary needs. Uh, calendars are in the works for 2019, so make sure you check that out uh, from our good friend Steph. Paid. Um, whoops, whoops, I missed the button is the name of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and I, you know what I'm going to do? You get two. That's the burn of the week. <laughs> that is the burn of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's jump into some moves. We'll quick hit most of this, um, but uh, but we'll see what catches here. Uh, first of all, most exciting for me, uh, there's a SpongeBob movie in the works, uh, another one, <laughs> and I, I have to admit to you, I've actually not seen either of the two SpongeBob movies. I thought I thought we talked about this. I thought you saw the first one because that has Goofy saw, Goober and stuff. It. Well, I know the Goofy Goober song, but I don't think I ever actually sat down and watched the entire thing. If I did, I've forgotten about it. Okay. Um, but I know the songs. I, I don't know. But I definitely didn't see the last one that came out, Sponge Out of Water. Um, but this one, this new one, is apparently going to be a some sort of prequel or origin story for SpongeBob, which I don't know how you, how you origin SpongeBob. And, and maybe you get to see him meet Patrick and move into the rock or something. I don't Maybe, maybe he's moving out of his parents' house. I don't know how you prequel SpongeBob, but I guess they're going to try to do it. But um, most interesting to me, Seth, is that they're going to have Hans Zimmer do the score for this one. <laughs> that would be fucking great if they put some, and you know, they will, you know, oh, yeah. they love those kind of jokes. 
Yeah. Do you think that, that, that means that they're taking this um, seriously at all? Or do you think that Hans Zimmer just wants to have some fun? I think Hans Zimmer wants to have, have some fun. I mean, he's done other stuff that's not been, you know, it's been more lighthearted in tone and stuff like that. So um, I don't think Hans Zimmer is going to change the overall tone of SpongeBob. <laughs> Um. <laughs> you never know, dude. Maybe maybe it'll come in like a. Uh, maybe they'll get, um, maybe they'll get uh, Christopher Nolan to direct, and it'll be a whole different SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, better not do that. But yeah, interesting. I, I mean, people love SpongeBob. It's been around for years, and um, I guess people never really known why he was in Bikini Bottom to begin with, and why there's a fucking squirrel in the in the bottom of the ocean. So. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah, going to be interesting to see the origin of some of our favorite SpongeBob characters. Um, we were maybe going to see um, some of the origin and some of the uh, more depth of a famous Star Wars character, uh, but now it sounds like the Boba Fett movie has been canceled. And uh, we did see a lot of um, sort of uncertainty around the Boba Fett movie after Solo didn't make a ton of mo- money earlier this year. Um, I think I know what your response is going to be to this, Seth, but what do you think of Boba Fett movie getting canceled? Ha <laughs> ha! I thought you were just going to say, I don't care at all. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't really care. I mean, <laughs> the only one that I'd really want to see uh, in terms of like Star Wars spinoff is probably the Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor. Because yeah. um, I did like him uh, in in the you know the the prequels and all that stuff so he is like the only good thing of those movies so i i would i would like to see that and which could eventually show up on the streaming service potentially but uh yeah whatever cancel boba fett please yeah i'm actually as big a star wars fan as i am i don't really care about this either boba fett is a total side throwaway character that doesn't matter so i i he's got like this big cult following and he's got a big presence in the expanded universe but I've never cared much about Boba Fett other than that he's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So this doesn't really affect me. I do hope they get back to some of these offshoot Star Wars movies because I think they can be pretty interesting, especially um, Kenobi, like you're talking about, which is one that people are just absolutely screaming for. Um, so we'll see what's to come with Star Wars expanded uh, kind of universe. The Mandalorian is the uh, John Favreau series that is being worked on over at H. I think it's HBO. Um, and uh, that seems to be coming along nicely. There have been some set photos and things come out from that. So more to come on the, the Star Wars stuff, but it sounds like the movies are kind of uh, on hold for now. Um, let's keep it with Ewan McGregor. You brought him up a second ago, Seth, and it sounds like he's going to be making an appearance in the DC Extended Universe. Yeah, Black Mask uh, in Birds of Prey. Um, I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, I'll see that. <laughs> I'll see that movie probably. Um, which who am I kidding? I'm going to see that movie. It's it's going to be a superhero movie, so I'll go see it. But um, I like Ian McGregor. Um, he's fine, but I have to see something out of the DC movies to be excited about it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, excited that he has a little bit of. I think he gives it a little more of a serious. I will take this movie a little more seriously because he signed on. I, I would imagine it's a pretty cool script if he's in it. So um, we shall see. But the jury's still out for me on DC as well. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, we spoke uh, before about um, Guardians Three, Guardians of the Galaxy, that is, and James Gunn's drama and his being uh, fired off of directing Guardians Three. Uh, there's been a lot of tumult around this film, and now it sounds like it's on hold. 
Uh, not much detail. I don't have much detail besides that it's on hold. Uh, have you heard anything more on on Guardians Three, Seth? No, I mean it's it's expected at this point because of all that all the stuff that went down and you know still trying to pick a director and all that stuff. So not surprised. Uh, honestly, wouldn't be surprised if we even get one. Um, you know, with because of what's coming up with Infinity War. You know, I could definitely see some of the um, Guardians not coming back potentially because of the whole repercussions of the snap. So. We'll see. That'd be a pretty easy way to um, get like Dave Batista out of there, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, he he could he could very well uh, not be appearing. We'll see about Guardians Three. I don't re- my uh, Guardians doesn't really get me hard, so I don't really care about Guardians Three. <laughs> so we'll um, we'll see. But I, I, this is for me, like your Boba Fett. I I just don't really care. Um, we're gonna get to a couple movie reviews uh, here in just a second, but before we do. Um, there are three movies in the works, um, that are, that are on my list of things to talk about here. I'm just going to give you the three movies and Seth, what I want you to do is rank them in the order in which you're interested in them. Um, and I don't think there's going to be high interest from you on any of them, but I'll be interested to see how you rank them. So, uh, three movies coming out, uh, that have been announced and are in the works. There is a third edition to the bad boys trilogy. It sounds like it's going to be called bad boys for life. Uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are back for this one. Uh, next, we have, for some reason, Gladiator 2, um, a sequel to Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe's uh, Best Picture winner from like 17 years ago, Gladiator. Um, and then the third is a reboot of um, a movie that came out when we were like young adults, and that's Shrek. So um, only maybe Don't about care. 10 years Maybe only about 10 years after the original Shrek, we're getting a reboot of that one. So we have Bad Boys, Gladiator, and Shrek. Um, so from least interested to most interested, where would you put these three? I would probably go Shrek because that's the only one I've seen uh, seen the movies. Except for I don't, I don't think I saw the last Shrek movie, but I've seen all the other ones at least once. Um, Bad Boys, I'd probably go next interested uh, because... I've, I've seen most of bad boys two. Don't think I've seen any of bad boys one and the cast is pretty interesting. I, you know, Will, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and then gladiator two, because that sounds really stupid. <laughs> so yeah, just the way gladiator ended doesn't seem to lend itself to a sequel. I would say for me, um, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm most excited to see bad boys and then gladiator and then Shrek. I, I didn't care about Shrek even when it was in its original run, so I definitely don't care about a reboot. Gladiator could be interesting. I think they're getting Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe back, um, and that just you know that pedigree of those of those uh, you know filmmakers has me interested enough. But Bad Boys is my number one because I love Bad Boys too, especially um, Martin Lawrence and, and Will Smith are, are hilarious together. So I, I'm I'm all in for that one. Uh, so so we'll see about that. Here's my concern though: is uh, why didn't they? Why didn't they wait on that title and and do Bad Boys then the number four life with the fourth one? Oh, you're totally right. Maybe yeah. they will. Maybe 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 it's not. I, I have to I don't remember where no, I that's that it, it. was gonna be called Bad Boys. It is. Yeah, that's it's Bad Boys for Life. The third one is. Maybe they're not super confident that they'll get a fourth one, which seems reasonable to me. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Um one other piece of news uh, that I forgot to bring up when we were talking about stories is uh uh 13 Reasons Why actress uh, Hannah Baker, uh, Catherine Langford is the actress, is going to be in Avengers 4. So, Thanos, welcome to your tape. 
Oh my god. You uh uh I uh I had to, but God. Alright, you're done here. But no, um, she's actually gonna be in it. <laughs> so I, any any word on what she, you know what kind of role she might play? I don't they haven't really announced their the, I did hear one kind of like uh smaller character that's kind of involved with uh the whole infinity war comic line uh that she might be playing but nothing's been official and uh a lot of people are speculating too that it might be to just have her kind of uh launch a uh show on the streaming service to hear for her to be kind of a main character on a show on the streaming service type thing so i don't know we'll see but uh just don't get around any don't let her around any razor blades because you're gonna get fucked up if she is <laughs> oh god <laughs> I don't, i'm not i'm not touching that one <laughs> so that's gonna do it for our news uh for this week but we do have a few reviews um so seth what have you seen lately saw a couple movies um and i'm not gonna talk about them bye oh okay bye <laughs> all right <laughs> Oh, you are going to talk about him? I wasn't no, sure. No, I will talk about him real fast. Okay. We'll be quick on him. Um, the first one is uh, mid nineties. <laughs> that was a that was a late response. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, mid nineties. Go mid mid nineties, which is really hard to say right now because I bit the living shit out of my tongue this weekend, so it's been really <laughs> hard for me to. <laughs> I was eating some ice cream and my tongue was real cold, so I didn't really have much control over it, and I just bit the hell out of it. And I'm 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 concerned for you, dude. Do I need to come back? <laughs> Don't you ever judge my ice cream eating. <laughs> oh my God. But it's been really hard to say anything with any sort of emphasis. Emphasis. Of, <laughs> so mid '90s is a really hard one to say, uh, but I'm gonna do it. I'm sure most people have seen the or heard about this movie in terms of just like the director, like Jonah Hill is the director and writer of it. Um, there's a young kid who stars in it. Lucas Hedges also stars in it. Uh, really, he's the only kind of uh, known actor in this movie is, is Lucas Hedges. So if you see the trailer, you, you'd you think that this is kind of a you know skateboarding movie or at least kind of a coming of age skateboarding movie. What, uh, going into it, it's kind of what I was thinking, too. So I wasn't super pumped uh, to go to this movie, but walking out, I actually enjoy this way more than I thought I would. Um, so it takes place in California around this kid. Uh, forgot his fucking name. The actor's name is like Sonny Sojek, but I don't know what the character's name is. Um, anyway, he's lives in this house, lives in a house with his brother. He's played by Lucas Hedges and his mom. Uh, his mom is kind of not. Uh, not a great mom. I mean, she she cares for Sonny, but she's also way more into herself. Lucas Hedges' character kind of takes on like a, a abusive father role, beats the shit out of out of the main kid a lot, um, and but he's also kind of protective too. Uh, so the the main kid goes off and finds a group of friends who are into skateboarding and extreme sports type stuff, and that's kind of where the the story takes off is when he meets those kids. Gets into he, he's really trying to impress these kids and and feel like he belongs somewhere because he's never really felt like he's belonged anywhere, uh, with his brother really not being a, a good support system and his mother also not really relating to him a whole lot. So he finds these friends and that's really what, what the story is. It's kind of a coming of age story, not really around skateboarding, but just like finding yourself and finding your group and finding who you who you belong with because skateboarding is a part of the movie, but it's not a it's not the driving force behind the movie. Um, 
it's really this this group of this group of friends, a group of, group of characters, and and you know how they're all kind of growing up together. Now the main kid is much younger than these the other kids. They're they're all in like high school, and he's probably in middle school or early middle school. Uh, they're all actually, I think they're all either going to graduate or have already graduated. So there there is that age difference, and and he has to grow up a lot faster than most kids because these kids are all you know into the the drinking and the drugs and the partying and all that stuff for being in being in high school and he's just getting into that so there's a lot of that stuff going on um it all intertwines with the stuff going on at home and it's really a it's kind of a more way more of a hard-hitting movie than i expected going in uh, a lot of really good performances too the kid is awesome sunny sunny sojek is awesome uh his, he's uh he, he has to play kind of multiple roles uh, as this kid you know trying to be cool and accepted but also being a normal kid at home and, and stuff like that. So he does an awesome job of it. Lucas Hedges, of course, he's, he's an awesome actor and he's definitely getting nominated for something this year uh, at the Academy Awards. So, I mean, everything he does is, is, is pretty awesome. So definitely would recommend checking this, checking this one out. There's some really brutal scenes in the movie in terms of like the, the violence and also uh, some of the, the heavy emotional stuff that goes on. But uh, uh, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's just a, it's a very, very, uh, feels like a true and honest movie and ha- again has great performances and um it's i don't know I, I just really had a good time with this there, there's some fun parts there's some serious parts um some very cringeworthy parts because of what happens but uh definitely worth checking out yeah i'm really excited about this one um i think that the it's it's not re- i mean you know we grew up in the 90s sort of but we were more for the odds um but was, was there anything in here that that grabbed you on from a nostalgic standpoint Oh yeah, there there was a lot of that. I mean, there's some skateboarding videos that they that they filmed that look very 90s. Uh, a lot of like the 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 uh, apparel that they have on. There's a lot of there's like some Street Fighter two shirts and uh, some, <laughs> there's there's like Super Nintendo. Uh, they play a lot of Super Nintendo in the show, and um, there's some. I think there's some like uh, you know pops like sodas and stuff like that from from back then. And it, it, even the camera, the way they shoot the movie, has a lot of like. Uh, grainy and and uh, it, it, there's a point where the the it looks like it is from a 90s sitcom like the way the way it looks the camera uh, makes it look so it's pretty interesting it does have some nostalgic feel to it that's cool you, and you mentioned uh, kind of the way they shoot and some of the artistic choices um, we were really excited with what we saw to Bradley Cooper and his directorial debut um, were you as impressed or impressed at all with uh, with what you saw to Jonah Hill I would say not as impressed because I think *Stars Born* is a much better movie. But I, I, I'm still very impressed with what he did because he he did this movie with a lot of unknown actors. I mean, uh, pretty much all these these characters, uh, all these actors are unknown except for Lucas Hedges. And I think the mom has been in stuff, but she's not like a big actress by any means. Um, so he has he has to direct these kids. He got, I mean he had to direct direct a kid, um, the sunny the sunny kid. He he is an actual skateboarder. Like he's. Uh, he was a skateboarder before he was an actor, but he's also been in other stuff too. But he, uh, Jonah Hill discovered him, um, at the skate park when he, when he was skating one day and, and, uh, he was looking for kid actors. And then he found out that this kid has been in, been in some actual movies and stuff. And, and, uh, so, you know, he, he's still a young kid and, you know, not probably not easy to direct. So I was very impressed with, uh, with Jonah Hill, but definitely not in any sort of none of the none of this movie will be involved in the Academy Awards, uh, you know, in, in February. Well, the, you know, they can't all be uh, be Oscar movies, but it sounds like you, you like this one. You'd recommend it for folks. I haven't seen it myself, but it, I know it's playing. Should I go see it? Oh, yeah, definitely check it out. Right on. Well, I am going to do that. Um, so that is mid 90s. It gets a thumb, thumbs up from Seth.
Um, and it was a big weekend, right? So a lot of stuff came out. So I think I know the second movie that you're going to talk about. So w- what else do we have here? Mama! Ooh. <laughs> um, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, is the other movie. So this is one we've been talking about for, again, probably over a year now because uh, it was announced when we started uh, doing the show. But um, Bohemian Rhapsody is the Queen biopic. Uh, when I say a Queen biopic, it, it is, I think, much more of a Queen biopic than it is a Freddie Mercury biopic. Um, getting, to, getting to that in a second. So Rami Malek plays Freddie Mer- Mercury. By saying, um, you know, it's, it's a, bi- a Queen biopic, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, many people know the story of Freddie Mercury, you know, going through... Um, you know, the life of being, you know, gay in the, in the 70s, but also being a huge star, 70s and 80s, and then getting AIDS and, you know, you know, passing away and all that stuff. But uh, and then, of course, knowing the band, uh, you know, how big they were, people know who Queen is. But uh, they do they do a good job of kind of giving a surface level view of, of Queen, you know, showing their beginnings of Freddie Mercury kind of jumping in uh, and taking over the, the uh, this singer who quit and <laughs> taking over a spot and then just having a meteor. Exactly. <laughs> but having a meteoric rise from there and, and just being, you know, being the biggest band because they did such different things with music and using different instruments and using different effects and trying out different styles and all that stuff. They they were really, uh, you know, thinking back on it, watching the movie, it was it's really incredible to see uh, how, you know, how they took these risks and, and how it paid off for them and really how much geniuses these, these this band was because they did work really really well together and they all had these ideas it, you know a lot of people know freddie mercury because of his story but the the band band as a whole queen really all needed each other which kind of is portrayed in the movie and without you know without one of those parts i don't think they would have been as successful but uh that that's kind of why I say mo- this is more of a Queen biopic than a Freddie Mercury biopic. Of course, you know Freddie Mercury leads the movie. It, you know he's he is the lead singer, but um, you don't really get a ton of deep dive into him, which is was a lot of people's complaints kind of, of this movie. You know you you get you get you know the stuff with him you know uh, dating men and and wanting to be with men and all that stuff at while also kind of being with a woman. Um, you get that you get the you know kind of kind of the aid stuff, but you don't really get a lot of a ton of like what was going on in his head during this time, you know, like a lot of biopics do. Um, you also get, it, it's, it seems like the movie is more of like a greatest hits, a queen, you know, figuring out how they get to, you know, certain songs, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, of course, and we will rock you and um, all that stuff. You know, they, they, they kind of show more of those, uh, mo- those moments as opposed to like a singular moment with, with just Freddie Mercury. So um, I don't, th- for me personally, I didn't hate the movie because of that. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed the movie. A lot of people hate the movie because um, you know, it wasn't as much of a deep dive exploration. Um, what I would say about the movie is Rami Malek is incredible. Um, I could definitely see him getting nominated. I really enjoyed his performance. The rest of the movie as a whole though, is more of a fun, a fun ride. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun music and singing and, uh, really cool performances. And, and they all do a really good job of, of, and vibing queen and, and, you know, looking like the band on stage and, it, you know, make, making it look like a, they all looked like they were playing a queen show, which is awesome. <laughs> the only really complaint I had about any of the performances and it's not even the perform the actor's fault. It's just kind of the nature of the movie is that, uh, especially early on in the movie when, when they have Rami Malek sing as, as Freddie Mercury, he doesn't sound like Freddie Mercury at all. So they have to like dub in, uh, actual, you know, recordings of Freddie Mercury. And some of it is like, super super obvious that it's not 
Rami Malek. So it took me out of it at first. Um, but once they get on stage and they get into the concerts and all that stuff, um, and you really get into the movie, uh, into the bands playing and all that stuff, then that's when it's like really not noticeable anymore. And that's when you're bought into it. And you can really believe that, you know, he was Freddie Mercury and singing those songs. So it's more noticeable in the beginning of the movie than it is, you know, later on once the concerts start. So that's my only complaint. But honestly, it's just a really fun movie. Um, really good performance by Rami Malik. Uh, if you love Queen, you'll absolutely love this movie. If you just love, you know, 70s, 80s rock music, you'll have a great time. Uh, definitely recommend checking this one out. I'm really excited to see this. Um, and, and you're making me even more excited because well, I love a good biopic. But the thing that I don't love about biopics is how super dramatic they always all are. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in favor of this. Um, it seems like they're they're kind of pulling back a little bit on the drama and giving you more of the fun and the music and all that. I'm I'm all for that. I'm one of the people like you that's going to enjoy it more, I think, because of that. And um, another point about Rami Malek and something for me and, and, you know, how I have this problem sometimes with, with I watch so much TV, uh, which is a problem in itself. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Rami Malek is one of my favorite characters in TV and, and uh, Elliot on on uh, Mr. Robot. So for, you know, for me, that was one of my concerns going in is like, he's one of my, not only one of my favorite right now, but one of my top five favorite characters on one of my favorite shows ever. Um, How, you know, how is it going to be with him on screen playing a different character for me? And um, you know, him as him as Freddie Mercury, pretty much immediately he was Freddie Mercury. He does an awesome, awesome job of being that character. And I never once, thought of him as as Elliot from Mr. Robot. They are two different completely different characters, but I lost even Rami Malik. You know, he was he was Freddie Mercury right away. So, uh he does an awesome job and I think he not only do I think he, you know, should do I think he will probably get nominated. I definitely think he deserves to. So, um yeah, he he does an awesome job. Well, there you go. High praise for Malik and and no surprise obviously to anyone who has seen him in in Mr. Robot. I'm excited about this kid. Um I think that um, a role like this, especially if he's nominated, could really catapult him into some great shit, uh, which we've been talking about for a while since we heard that this was coming out. Um, but uh, it's going to be exciting to see kind of where he goes from here. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Uh, mid-90s and Bohemian Rhapsody. Pretty good weekend uh, for, for the movies. Uh, I'm going to try to get to both of these. I haven't seen either one yet. Um, but I do have lots of time to go to the movies now. So I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely going to try to check these two out. Uh, and you should, too. Uh, follow the recommendation of one Seth. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter at Seth O'Ott or hit him up at Soko Show Pod. Uh, let him know what you thought of mid-90s and Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think I'll be getting to uh, Beautiful Boy is going to be in our local theater here. And then uh, and then uh, I think I'm going to try and go down and see Suspiria in Iowa City this week. Ooh, you're going to go to Suspiria, huh? I think so. I have a feeling Tilda Swinton's going to get nominated. Uh, and I don't know if I'll have a chance to see it again before the Oscars. So, um, I think I'm going to go check this one out during the day. <laughs> I was going to say you better get, for those who don't know, Suspiria is considered like one of the best, um, horror movies ever. And one of the scariest. So, um, this is a remake of it. Uh, Dakota Johnson's in this as well. I just, I just Googled it. I didn't realize that he, she was in it as well. Yep. Her, she's in it. Tilda Swinton's in it. Um, this one isn't apparently isn't as scary. It's not. It's more of a, a mystery thriller than it is a straight up horror movie. But I've heard the final scene is one of the most fucked up scenes ever, <laughs> and uh, people have been that people's opinions of the movie is hinged 
on that final scene. Some people love it. Some people absolutely hate it. Like Mother. Like Mother was last year. Oh, and they yeah. have they have very similar Rotten Tomato scores, too. So uh, we'll see. It's also directed by the director of Call Me By Your Name, too, which, again, is kind of funny because Darren Aronofsky did Mother. And, you know, he's also kind of acclaimed director. So both, yeah. <laughs> both have very similar parallels. So I'm interested to, to check it out if I... Uh, if I do go, <laughs> we'll see. I am. I hope this comes to bend because I really want to see. I, I had for I had. I knew this was coming out. I didn't realize it was coming out this week. Um, so I'm definitely gonna have to to watch that one for sure. And maybe we talk about it on the show next week. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's gonna do it for movies. Uh, so you know that brings us to the end of our show. But before we go, we've got to bring you one more. Thing. But I'm down to one more. One more thing. Uh, I am very excited about my one more thing. I, I said before we started the show, uh, this might be my favorite one more thing that we've had yet um, <laughs> on on the show. Uh, I heard this news story that I want to share with you, and I'll link this in the description. Um, there is, um, and you may have heard about this. So the state of Tennessee recently executed a man. And what? yeah, um, they're still executing people. And I did not know that. Yeah, and uh, it's the first time in five years that they used the electric chair to um, kill this guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so um, so they are saying that um, they're like the only state... Oh, okay, here's what happened. So they lethal injection was unavailable. The drugs were, for some reason, unavailable to them. And um, in 2014, Tennessee... Um, declared that it's okay to use the electric chair if your lethal injection drugs are unavailable. So for whatever reason, they couldn't get, um, they couldn't get drugs. And so they did the electric chair. Um, now this guy's a real son of a bitch. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> framing this as a funny story. This guy killed his three sons and a daughter. Um, or no, sorry. That's a different guy. That was the last guy who died by electric chair. Um, this guy killed, I think, yeah, he killed two men and, uh, that some of their relatives were at the execution. Uh, anyway, the story here is that this guy died by the electric chair like last week. And, um, the funny thing about this is his last words. Um, so this guy, he murdered two people in 1984. He 34 years later is going to the electric chair. He sits down in the chair and they ask him what he wants his last words to be. And I swear to Jesus, this is what he says. He goes, let's rock. (laughs) (laughs) And then they zapped his ass and now he's dead. (laughs) That's awesome. That's the most baller way to go. Right? That is the most baller way to go. And it sucks that that we're laughing because this guy's a murderer or whatever, but that is fucking hilarious. I don't care who you are. (laughs) Let's rock. Let's rock. (laughs) (laughs) He must be a crazy person because it it looks like he was grinning like as they were going to kill him and stuff. So obviously this guy's a crazy person, but I'm glad that he brought some comedy to the show this week. Let's rock. (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of comedy i do have one one last thing um my one last thing is to check out the adam sandler special on netflix called 100 percent fresh have you had a chance to watch this yet yeah so i've watched um i watched a chunk of it the first night i got here um i watched some of it on my phone and so i've watched probably a third of it uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm agreeing if you're going to, if you're going to recommend this, I'm agreeing with you. I I've loved it so far. Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I, um, I don't know why I, cause I, I've been hating on Adam Sandler for a long time. Like most people have. Um, I really haven't liked anything of his since click, at least for comedies. And 
<laughs> which has been like 15 years. <laughs> um, but uh, no, th- so this is a straight up comedy special. He, you know, he does some stand up. He does a lot of songs and it, it's very uh, Bo Burnham esque in terms of like uh, just random how random it is. Like he'll sing about it, there's a bunch of clips rolling around online of like him singing about his phone, wallet and keys, which reminds me of you all the time because you always do that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, and then singing about uh, a stinky Uber driver, like he's rapping in some of the songs. He's you know singing, playing a guitar in some of the songs, um, like all just very like misdirection type of comedy, um, which is which is some of my favorite. Where you think it's going one way and it hits you with another, and and especially in the music form, I, I love hearing that stuff. So um, very funny. Uh, just like you can tell this is something he loves doing, you know, like he, this isn't just like a, you know, cash grab for Netflix. He, he loves doing stand up and, you know, singing the songs and being stupid. And, um, I always love when Adam Sandler breaks in the middle of doing like he, he laughs at his own shit, which always, <laughs> which always kills me. So, um, there's a lot of that stuff, but it's classic Adam Sandler in terms of a stand up. If you ever seen a stand up, there's a lot, there's a lot of pieces of that. Plus he adds in the music and just very entertaining. I laughed way more than I thought I would going into it. And I, I was going in to hate it. You know, I was, I was expecting to hate it. So, um, I loved it. Definitely check it out. Yeah. We're in agreement here. I, I haven't even finished the whole thing and I'm recommending it as well. Uh, Cause you're right. It is, especially if you're in a like Bo Burnham. Yeah. And his, his sort of, he sets you up super hard for one thing and then slaps you from behind <laughs> with something totally different. Uh, it's great. And a lot of the, a lot of the songs and stuff are super relatable. And he does it with a lot of different types of genres. You mentioned he mm-hmm. raps and plays guitar and stuff. A lot of them sound very different from one another, but they are all very funny. I, I enjoy this a lot. So, yeah, we're in agreement on the recommendation for this one. The other thing, too, about that is there's some serious things, too. Um, at the end of the special, he uh, he sings a song to or towards the end, he sings a song to his wife, the I Want to Grow Old With You song, which I think a lot of people have heard that already. And then uh, he sings a song about Chris Farley, which is really awesome. Um, like a has a, a whole tribute to Chris Farley about their times together and on SNL and all that stuff. So, uh, and he actually filmed that. I heard an interview. He filmed that that part of the because the special takes place in like thirty different cities or something like that. He he put together a bunch of different bits from the from his tour, and this one was just in Madison. I think is where he was, Madison, Wisconsin, because that's where Chris Farley's from, and they uh. the people there loved it. Uh, so uh, that that there's actually some really nice touching moments and at towards the end too. So yikes. I was like 14 the last time Adam Sandler made me cry. I don't think I can handle it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, good stuff this week. Uh, Adam Sandler's new special and let's rock <laughs> on uh, one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Well, this has been uh, an interesting uh, episode, uh, uh, number 67. That is of the SoCo show. Uh, first time we're doing this remote. It seems to have gone smoothly enough. I think so. Hopefully it sounds okay. We might have to give the editor a raise um, if it sounds decent, but uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, Make sure folks that you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to the podcast and that you check out the description box for all of the stories and some fun links um, uh, along the way, as well as our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo 30 days and your first book for free. Mike's Wood, uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. <laughs> Wood. I forgot which one I was supposed to say. <laughs> and Mathis Designs on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Paid. Normally do Hit steps all- first. <laughs> yeah, I, I threw you off with the with the out of uh, out of pattern <laughs> difference. That that's my own fault on that one. 
Um, also, don't forget to hit up At YouTube where you're going to find all of Jared's uh, trailer reactions, movie reviews, and uh, he actually just put up a video while we were recording tonight, uh, Top 10 Movie Mustaches. So um, we're so, gonna... so waiting for Top 10 Dick Picks. <laughs> uh, that one is probably coming later on, but make sure you're subscribed. At Jared Buckendall. So that you can catch that one when it does drop. I'm going to, as soon as we end recording, go watch that mustache shit because I'm sure that's fucking hysterical. So um, again, make, make sure you're uh, subscribed on YouTube as well. Uh, so you catch his videos as soon as they drop. All right. We are back to the normal schedule. So you can uh, catch new episodes every Friday of the Soko show. Make sure you're subscribed uh, so that you get notified when those drop on Friday mornings. This time has been episode 67 of the show uh, from Bend, Oregon. This is the co-host speaking for the so host out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We will see you next week. Bye.